Hello there, my friends, and welcome back to another very interesting episode of the Primal Podcast. A few months ago, I recorded an episode which we split into two parts with Mr. Niall Graham. Niall is a mentor, teacher, and coach who provides many interesting services like men's workshops, one-to-one mentoring, sexuality and empowerment workshops, and much, much more. And we had an absolutely fantastic conversation which we split into two episodes. If you haven't listened to that, make sure you go back and have a listen. It was an incredible conversation. Because the conversation around identity, sexuality, purpose and all these different concepts is really, really complex and broad, when we finished, myself and Niall both agreed that there was another element that we would absolutely love to explore and that's to bring somebody in who has a little bit more understanding and experience of the feminine and the female side of the conversation. Niall kindly offered to reach out through his network to find somebody who could join us in this conversation and bring more balance to the topics that we were discussing. Enter our second guest for today, the wonderful Nicola Barry. Nicola is a love and intimacy coach and her mission is to help you reclaim your life force and vitality. Myself, Nicola and Niall jumped on a Zoom call a week or two before this podcast and within five minutes I knew that she was absolutely the perfect person to join us in the next phase of our conversation. As much as I loved the conversation I had with Niall originally on the podcast, this conversation in this episode brought it to a whole nother level. Nicola and Niall were absolutely fantastic guests and we had a truly beautiful conversation. If you're interested in anything to do with personal identity, sexuality, femininity, masculinity or any of these topics, please make sure you have a listen to this episode. Thank you, Niall and Nicola, and I hope you all enjoy. Just before we get started with this episode, Niall and Nicola have actually decided to join forces and are providing a fantastic course that's coming up soon. This course is called An Introduction to Conscious Relating, Cultivating Joy and Presence in Relationships. This is going to be a six-week online course to introduce you to the concepts of the masculine and the feminine polarity in relationships. If you want to know more about this, they're actually holding a free Zoom call introduction webinar style session on Monday, the 12th of September between 7 and 8.30. I'm going to drop all the information that you will need for this call and for the course into the show notes below wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with Nicola, her Instagram actually might have changed since we recorded this podcast. It's at love and intimacy coach on Instagram. And you can get in touch with Niall through his website at nielgraham.ie. And I'll drop this information into the show notes and I'll give it a quick mention at the end of the podcast as well. So if you're interested, you can reach out and check it out. And here we go. Welcome to our shared journey to find the answers to questions about health, wellness, nutrition, performance, life and success. And to craft the most resilient, hardy and happy humans you've ever seen. Welcome to the Primal Podcast. Niall, welcome back, first of all. Thank you. And Nicola, thank you so much for joining us for the first time. Thank you. Are you, are you enjoying the studio so far? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. You should see it. <laughs> well, they can't see it now because we're, no. we're, we're on camera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> of course. Amazing studio. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give a little bit of context to the conversation yeah. just for people who might just be tuning in to, to get a taste of what this might be about. Um, obviously, myself and yourself, Niall, we had a, a marathon conversation before. Um, and afterwards, we spoke. And both agreed that we had maybe left some blind spots for ourselves that we could potentially fill in based off the conversation. It was We got great feedback, by the way, after that. Did, did anybody give you some feedback yes. on that? Yeah. yeah. So so a, a fantastic conversation that really challenged me. But we definitely left um, some some areas un, uncovered or unexplored 
Um, and I asked Niall, would he potentially be able to find mm-hmm. someone who could help us with that? And this is where Nicola, your, uh, your, your expertise <laughs> arrived at, at the door. Um, so <laughs> listeners would be familiar with mm-hmm. Niall's background and story. If you're not, you can go back and listen to the episode mm-hmm. myself and Niall. But I might ask you, Nicola, if you don't mind, just mm-hmm. to give us a little bit of background on yourself. You don't have to tell us sure. your deepest, darkest secrets. But, uh, <laughs> just so yet. people get some context on sure. who you are. Yeah, my name is Nicola Barry and I have been on a journey of kind of reclaiming my femininity in this world. And I think that's where we're going to we're going to speak to somewhat today. Um, And I now work as a a sex, intimacy and pleasure coach. Um, I also work in a corporate job, um, which will be very irrelevant to our conversation as well today. Um, And I've also I also teach feminine embodiment. So, you know, this gets to the core of um, the the female experience in, in the world today and how you know, we need to reclaim it, reclaim our space in the world. And so I'm very motivated by the conversation today. I did listen to your podcast. It was absolutely phenomenal and powerful. Um, And I think, you know, adding this extra dimension Mm. to it, well, just enriching that that Mm. conversation um, that you had previously. So I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to uh, share as much as I can. And as I know, I'm certainly not um, uh, speaking for every woman and every woman's experience. Um, I can only come at it from my perspective and and my knowing and wisdom. Um, So... You know, with that in mind, <laughs> naming that privilege, it, it's it's my experience in the world. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of it is representative of of other women and certainly friends and clients and um, family and everything that I've spoken to have, have also experienced the world in, in a similar way. You know, so yeah, delighted beautiful. to be here. Thank you. It's always nice when your guests are happy to be here. And yeah. then, yeah, I feel like you've coursed them into coming in and having an uncomfortable conversation. Um, uh, Niall, can I ask you, I'm actually just going to turn that fan off because we're going to get a little bit toasty in here. Mm. I just realized that. But can I ask you while I turn the fan off, um, after our last conversation, and thank you, Nicola, for listening to that mm. conversation, fair play, three hours of your life there, I you've know. committed to us. Um, where do you feel like we might expand on? Because I don't, I don't think there was any insufficiencies or deficiencies yeah. in our conversation, but I think there's room for expansion and for, for anyway, definitely for me for some learning. Uh, where do you feel like we might um build on what we spoke mm. about before in our last conversation. I'll just turn this fan off while you're answering. Um, I've gone through many periods of my life of feeling my similarities mm. with women and also other periods of feeling that women are other creatures and almost otherworldly in a sense, you know. And Actually, in our conversation, it's hard to take full ownership and speaking on behalf of a woman. So we could we could only have a certain amount of conversation in terms of well, this is certainly what's going on for women, do you know. So that's where that's where it was limited in the sense that I want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think that there's healing in that for me in hearing your story and your experience as a woman in a patriarchal society. Mm-hmm. So I think we were limited, and also I think that we both. Sp- spoke about it in a sense of like there's a limitation here and so the, for me there was a little bit of like um, self-consciousness around speaking on behalf of women and I don't want to be doing that and I don't want to be assuming and saying so that's the difference here 
Mm. You get to hear the the truth of your reality, and mm. as you say, it is your reality, but also it's more relational to other women than say myself or yourself. This mm. is how I feel about. It. Yeah, I'm also interested in your your thoughts around it. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to actually tell you something that I I, I wasn't going to bring up because I thought it was okay. not not particularly relevant, but I think it'll lead us nicely into this conversation okay. because. I need some education on a couple of areas, just clarification on this concept of the patriarchy, which I mm. understand logically, sure. but I'd love to hear yeah. um, other people's, because mm. we use words sometimes mm. and mm. words are, can be um, interpreted mm-hmm. in many different ways. But I think where arguments or conversations get really, really messy is when I use a word mm. that might mean something different to you mm. than what I intended when I said the word. And that there's no clarification of that. And all of a sudden we have an argument that's irrelevant. But after our conversation, somebody reached out to a lot of people reached out to me. Ninety nine point nine percent outrageously positive, really, really positive messages. But I got a message and I won't name this person because it's not, it's irrelevant. But this person reached out to me and said that um, the conversation we had was extremely disappointing because I was directly contributing to the suppression of female voices and Mm. um, proliferating this patriarchy. Um, And this person then pointed out the lack of female guests I'd had on my podcast. And my initial reaction was to sit there for a second and think, I don't don't engage with that stuff. It was on Instagram as well. I was Mm. like, this isn't the real world. And it's easy for someone to send me a message on Instagram. It's not the real world, so I don't engage with that. But then I I was like, well, think about this for a second. I, I do have the majority of my guests are male and mm. um, there's, there's quite a lot of female guests as well. Um, but my interests lie in specific areas and I happen to know a lot of men in that area and I speak to these men. Mm. And as I grow and meet more people, I ask them to come on and I specifically asked, obviously, it's, for me, it's not about male or female at all. Yeah. I don't even see it really. Mm. But this person pointed it out to me. So now I did see it. I was like, it, am I actively contributing to this idea of the patriarchy or um, suppression of women? And I'm not. I know I'm not. And I love women. I have massive amounts of admiration, mm. respect for women. I know there's probably areas in my life that I don't understand. Things that I'm doing are potentially upsetting or disrespectful. Yeah. But there's no intent there. And for me, intent is everything. Mm. And once something is pointed out to me, I'll try and correct it. But when I thought about this particular point, I was like, I'm, I'm doing this. My reason, as I explained to you both, is to try and inspire thought and help people. I don't care who those people are. And it could be anybody. It's not for men or for women. But this person thought that I was part of the problem. Mm. Now, I don't really understand because I'm very, I got defensive immediately because my, 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 my reaction, we spoke about this with the whole, when, when a female talks about masculine tox- toxicity, the male immediately gets defensive. When the male talks about anything about a woman, the woman gets defensive because mm. you're protecting your ego and your um, identity, I suppose. So initially it was emotional, but now I, I, then I was confused. And, but now I'd like maybe your opinion because you listened to the podcast mm. um, and then that potentially could lead us on to maybe define some of these terms like mm. patriarchy. And then I'd love your personal experience once we've gotten some definition for yeah. people on the words that we're using. Yeah. Do you think I'm contributing to the suppression of women? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me if I am. Um, this is probably something that, you know, people may not want to hear, but we all are. We're all contributing to the patriarchy. We're all part of it and we all co-create it in some way or other. And um, we can talk about um, specifics, but I would say women contribute to it as much as men, as much as needs a definition, (laughs) maybe less. I think the patriarchy is just a system. You know, Mm. it's no more than the government is a system or capitalism is a system. And it favors white males and they 
thrive best in this system um, and everybody else doesn't thrive in it. But also there's the, it doesn't favor every white male. So it favors Donald Trump. Does it favor Niall and Graham or Niall and Dan, sorry? And um, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Um, you know, you can walk down the road safely at night. I can't. Mm. Um, so it does in, in, in some way. But um, the, the, to me, the patriarchy is a system um, and it doesn't serve any human being, to be quite honest. If we all came back to our core and our core of love, um, it, it doesn't serve anybody. So if we can separate the view of um, patriarchy and men uh, being intertwined so much, yeah. um, I think then we can start to address, well, who's contributing to this and who's actually trying to do something about it and who 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 does it best serve and who doesn't it serve and how can we r lift people up within the, the system and what's all our responsibilities in here because we all have responsibilities in here and um, you know that's maybe not something some people want to hear we're all co-creating and we're all responsible in here we all have rights and we all have responsibilities um and that's my view of the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And just just because <laughs> I, I know you're eager to, to to jump in on that as well, but just to uh, one of the common um, proffered solutions to the patriarchy from people I feel like who don't really understand what it is because you've given a really good explanation mm -hmm. there is, say, for example, with, with this particular situation, if I had 50% of women and 50% of men in my podcast, would that solve the patriarchy? Would it contribute to solving yeah. the patriarchy? No, it doesn't. Um, and it's no more than quotas in governments sure. contributes or quotas on on boards um, in, in private corporations contributes. Um it's just not going to do it um, because uh, it, it's just a tick box. It's just a, an optic um, as far as I'm concerned. So it looks, you know, we're 50-50 women, men on our board. But are you listening to those women? Are they the right women? Are you are, are you driven, you know, are decisions driven by um, those those women? Um, and, and say women, um, it's really the the energies of, exactly. of you know this the feminine yeah. energy and the masculine energy, and what's driving decisions. So if you're in a government or if we're sitting around the table, um, here two men, two women, um, who's speaking? Who's being listened to? Who's being appreciated? Who you know? Where am I speaking from? So I'm coming from my experience um, in the world. And somebody listening could say, well, actually, your experience is um, isn't my experience. So now you're not even representing woman, women. Mm. I'm going, well, I, I am. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I am. Um, so, you know, it, it's so complex and, and so um, layered that we really have to step back and say it's not about men and women. Yeah. It's about voices and about ways of doing things. Um, um, and how do we hold those? How do we how do we move forward holding all of that together? And that's super complex, right? That's the human mm, condition. Yeah. yeah, that's not easy. Over to you, Niall. Tell us your... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I agree with you wholly. I don't think it's about men or women. Yeah. And I think that patriarchy is a state of mind or an energy. Mm. <clears throat> and I think that the, the problem with patriarchy is it's a glorification of one way of being. 
And it's also an extreme glorification of one way of being as mm. well. So you could have, as you say, e equal men and women in the room. But if some of those women are holding this state of mind, this continuous state of doing, success, status, uh, working until your fucking fingers are bleeding, then you, you still have patriarchy there, even though there's an yeah. equality of men and women. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a state of mind and I think it's it's a it's a, a type of energy. And I also think that patriarchy is an unhealthy masculinity. Mm. But that there is a there is a healthy aspect to that as well. So it's not about dismissing and saying patriarchy itself, I think, is bad. But if we throw everything out of what it represents, then we're also dismissing a part mm. of the whole. And can I add to that, actually, mm. because the alternative is not the solution either. The matriarchy is exactly. not the solution. Exactly. Um, what so does that look like? That's almost as toxic. Mm. Um, what does that look like? That's a really good question. I think we're so ingrained in patriarchy. Sure. What would matriarchy even look like? You know, um, I, I guess it would be feminine, female-led, you know, what does that look like? Mm. Um, is it white female? Is it every female? Is it, um, you know, is it the the females that have are in competition with each other? Is, it, it's just, is it women in competition with men? It, it doesn't matter. It, it's just another system that's as toxic as the one before. Sure, yeah. It's a complete breakdown of, of all those systems to become kind of almost unified, um, both patriarchy and matriarchy yeah. in the, you know, healthy way. Mm. Um, that's what is the solution here, I think. Um, I agree. Yeah. And I thought, mm. yeah, and I think just in terms of evolution, like where mm. we are at the moment is about creating that equality between the masculine and the feminine. I don't know about, I can't go back tens of thousands of years in terms of how long it's been that the patriarchy has been here mm. or when the matriarchy existed. But I do feel in the present moment that the struggle is happening in the world is about finding that balance and that understanding yeah. of these two ways of being yeah. and honoring them both mm. equally from a healthy perspective. Yeah. But whenever anything goes out of balance, it goes into the perverted state of self. Mm. And can I pick up on a word you said there, equality? Yeah. I think that's a really interesting one. Um, and, you know, this would open a, a can of worms, I guess. This is a can of worms um, that you would open when you speak about equality because, you know, um, mm. we can, you, you know, the gender pay gap, all of that is is alive and well. Um, and, you know, we hear loads about how, you know, women could stop working in November or September, whatever the day is. Um, and, and that would be equal pay then for men and women. Wow, okay. um, and it, it's an interesting one. I don't want to I don't want to focus on the pay piece um, because, you know, that's a that's a whole other issue and a whole other system of of capitalism and productivity and all of that. So, but focusing on just men and women, well, what's equal? Mm. Um, you know, what what's equal? And e equality almost overrides our differences. Um, and I, I guess we need to see our differences. I am different to you, sure. Dan. I am different to you, Great. Mal. Yeah. I want to be different. It's a controversial statement of 2022 right there. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> um, but but it, it's not about it's not about the pay or anything like that. Uh, absolutely, you know, your reward for your work is 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 your reward for your work as a human being. But there are differences between men and women, um, and. Uh, no more than there are differences between white people and people of color or, you know, we can get into the um, gender identification. You can get into whatever you want. There are differences and we need to celebrate those differences and acknowledge those differences and say we're not all the same in the world. If we were all a white man, this world would be even more in trouble than it is. I was going to say another word. (laughs) (laughs) More in trouble than it already is. If we were all a white woman, it would be the same thing. Mm. Um, Regardless of what it is, it's about seeing the difference and and having gratitude and celebrating it and allowing it to be in the world. Allow Mm. your differences to be in the world. Yeah, and that's a you know, and the fundamentally that's attraction, you know, attraction towards women, attraction towards women. So if you break it down to the the simplest form, the attraction that I have for women is a representative of the beauty of of difference. Mm. You know, Mm. if I if I was just attracted to other men, for instance, then there's not that diversity, you know. Yeah. So I think the attraction piece really speaks to that thing of, of difference and the necessity of difference, you know. Yeah. And, and put, maybe putting it into the context of um, Eastern religion, they talk about Shiva and Shakti, mm-hmm. that they're dancing together, you know. And Shiva is holding that sense of presence and that sense of of um, consciousness. And Shakti, she is the flow, she is the movement, you know. And I know for me, when I see a woman dancing, there's like, full attraction there you know mm. so it's about how these energies work together yeah. and bringing it back to the patriarchy then we have this one rigid form that we're mm. told we're supposed to be that's not a fucking dance yeah you know that's just one guy on a dance floor looking stupid <laughs> your uncle at a wedding yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> it, it, these conversations they're so, they're, I say this all the time but this, these are brilliant and as you're speaking there's so many complex ideas in my mm. brain I'm afraid I can't actually I don't have the, the vocabulary for them yeah. but I'll give it a shot we, you've set some really nice context for people there defining the patriarchy as a system. It's not men suppressing women. Mm. Yeah. Although in the patriarchy, there's a lot of opportunity for powerful men to suppress everybody. Mm. And 99% of the figures in history who've suppressed other people are men, but it's facilitated by this system. Okay. So the problem isn't men suppressing women. It's the system that we have that facilitates yeah. people in power. So that's a really, really nice clarification. Mm. The second thing you said, which I think is so important, is it's nuanced. There are millions of layers to all of these conversations. But we, we're, as humans, I feel, like we said this earlier on, it's comforting to be reductionist, to boil things down to the most simple thing mm. and put it in a put it in a, a box so we can but understand. That's masculine. It. I would is say. that masculine? I would suggest that. Yeah, the the refinement, the bringing down, the reductionist. The, yeah. I, what, yeah. You're you're you're. What yeah. are you thinking? No, I'm just, yeah, I'm agreeing <laughs> with you actually. Yeah, yeah, possibly yes. Yeah. And well, and you know, and the point of that is that it's functional. You know, whenever yeah. we, oh, yeah. when we, when we, we're able to like hone things in, of course. And, you know, but whenever we're only doing that, it's a massive problem. It's yeah. a massive problem, and I think it it removes this nuance, this understanding of this issue is not you versus me. Because that's what it's boiled, especially in the world of Instagram. And you mm. reference Instagram there. We, there's no time. There's 144 characters on Twitter. Like that's all you have to make your point, and then we're mm. moving on to the next person. Mm. So people feel they have to reduce it, but you lose all 
uh, complexity and all yeah. opportunity to realize oh, hold on actually we yeah. agree on 99% of the, it's sure. 1% yeah. it's no no we disagree on everything mm-hmm. absolutely everything so I feel like that sets a really nice scene mm-hmm. for, for this this conversation and also you both really because I have to constantly remember this you defined really well that male is not masculine and female is not feminine there's masculine and feminine in all of us so when we yeah. reference these terms we're not talking about men and women we're talking about different energies which is really really important yeah. and this, that's the one I keep coming back to that that's the one way I don't get into arguments Yeah, is not because it's very easy to mix up feminine and female yeah, and is. masculine and male yeah. that's when we get into arguments because then I'm protecting my identity you're mm-hmm. protecting but if and we're then, saying that we both have masculine and we both have feminine there's no competition here yeah. Yeah, it it becomes a gendered conversation, yes. mm, like the exactly. gender pay gap. Yeah. If I if I could give an analogy of masculine and feminine for anyone who may not sure. understand it, is um, the feminine is almost like the river. Mm. Um, so the feminine flows. Um, it goes at its own pace. Sometimes it's wild and flowing really quickly and sometimes it's still and deep and you look in you go if I went in there I would be swallowed up and killed (laughs) (laughs) I know that one I know that one too (laughs) I know (laughs) but it's representative of you know the feminine will flow Mm. and that isn't that isn't a weakness or that that's strength we know the power of water we know the I guess you know, water perseveres through rock. That's the power of the feminine. Um, then the masculine is almost the riverbed that holds the river. Sometimes she spills over. Um, but but I guess it's the container, it's the consciousness, as you say, not, um, that holds the container for that river. And within us, we have both. Mm. So um, if you see, and, and I think it's the right is masculine, left is feminine side of the body, mm. but beyond the physical, um, just from an energetic perspective, we all have both. So you know those days when you go to work or you go wherever and you get, you're so productive and you get loads done or you, you know, start a new project, whatever, that's your masculine energy. And then when you rest and you love um, and you, I guess, appreciate life or you slow down um, and you just be, that's your feminine energy. And you can't, if you have one, so I'm, I'm, I guess, looking at them standing side by side. Um, one will step forward. If, if you're conscious of them within you, you can bring one forward for what you need to do backed up by the other. Mm. So the the masculine energy backed up by the feminine. So if you have a project which is masculine and you're driving on with your project, but you have this creative energy behind it, you have this beautiful balance of feminine and masculine to deliver a project. Mm. But to create the project, you're masculine. Go, 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 do, do it, just do it. Um, nobody knows what to do. We have to create it. That The feminine energy will do that for you. Mm. So if you're a person um, in tune with those energies with, within you, um, you can call one forward, step it back, call another one forward, step it back as you need mm. throughout your life, throughout your day, throughout an hour, throughout a minute. Mm. You know, for me to get here this morning um, required my masculine energy because mm. I had to get into my car and drive. That's masculine energy mm. to sit here and speak and flow. This is feminine energy mm. to me. And um, 
and, and and when we understand them, they just bring so much more richness and meaning to your life and to what you do. So now you're not unconscious anymore or just, you know, um, numb, I, I guess, just going through the motions. Um, you're conscious of what you're doing in your day and you're living with more intention. So I went off on a little um, rant there, but really the river, the riverbed and the river is that kind of analogy that I use of masculine and feminine energy. Mm. <gasps> it, no, it's completely relevant though, because mm. it's, you're, you're, you're really at the core of a confusion. Mm. It's confusion to me, because even when you started speaking about the riverbed and the river, I was thinking the man is holding the woman. I was like, no, it's not. It's the masculine and it's the feminine. Mm. Uh, and and I went, the more I think about it, the more mm. I understand it about myself. Because I'm looking at bits of myself, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Based on what you've explained to me, because I didn't understand these concepts, I and mean, you, you were talking about this a lot in the last podcast as well. As like, I can now recognize those parts in myself, mm. and it, it removes me even because I'm, I'm not at the forefront. I'm not in the in the battle lines of the man versus woman thing. I'm, I feel like I'm an observer, yeah. but now it's removed me even further from that. Because I'm like, hold on, that's not even the point. We're mm. not even fighting the right battle over here because I we're know. all the same thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. we're all the same thing essentially. Yeah. Well, yeah. what I would say within that, so we are all the same mm. thing. And like David Data would say, like he's one of my teachers that I follow mm. a lot, and he would say most males, so male with penis bodied people, ninety percent of them are more connected to their masculine consciousness. Mm -hmm. And vagina-bodied people, women, however, 90% of them are more connected to their feminine essence. Mm. Yeah. So that's where we get the sense of attraction from, you know, so Mm -hmm. that we're not actually equal within those energies. We can use them when we want to, but within that framework, for me as a masculine man, whenever I was able to see this as a framework, I find my rest in stillness, silence. And that's what consciousness is. It's yeah. the, the expansiveness, the stillness and the silence. Mm. And those of us then who are more connected to our feminine essence as a core, then that's in movement and love. And that's where you find that sense yeah. of home. I don't know if you can, if that feels yeah. true for you. No, it does. You definitely have... Um, a preferred state. A preferred state. Yeah, yeah, I guess is maybe what you would call it. Mm. Um, so I would prefer to be in my feminine. I mm. can't be because I would get nothing done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and if we if we kind of um, move it to a certain um, scenario in an intimate relationship. I would want to be in my feminine. Mm. You know, I want to be that love. Mm. I want to be that devoted feminine. And don't think I'm going all 1950s housewife on you. I'm not. Mm. Um, but to be held by that that masculine energy as well. So mm. in the intimacy of a relationship, not the day to day or jobs or getting places or doing things in man to woman, woman to woman, man to man. It, it doesn't matter. And um, for me, I would want to be in that feminine essence. That's where I am most at home. That's where I am myself. And yeah. um, is it because I'm a woman? Probably. Yeah, I chose to come here as a woman, if you believe that. Sorry. <laughs> um, but um, I I want my feminine energy to be held by the masculine, yeah. which is that consciousness. Yeah. yeah. So to yeah. be able to identify mm. that then in itself and it's because when I've mm. whenever I was going through a lot, I did a lot of yoga in my 20s. Sorry. 
And um, so it was all like up and down, blah, blah, blah. But into my 30s, I was staring at walls for an hour in the morning going like, what am I doing here? And I would be drinking a coffee, staring at a tree. You know, you have this thing on the screen as well. But it took me years and years and years to realize that I was resting in consciousness. Mm. And for me to be able to accept that that's the place that I feel nourished. And so to be able to identify that, then then I can slip into like more movement and more. Mm. I can go dancing, I can swim, I can do whatever I want to do. But knowing that my nourishment comes from that state of stillness, you know. So I think for us to be able to identify where we rest in, you know, yeah. is is really Im- important. And what I also like about this is kind of side to this as well. In terms of um, people who identify as gay or lesbian and so on, it's like under, when we put the masculine and the feminine into that context, then for me, I was able to understand then. So you have like two men together, for instance, one holds more of the masculine consciousness mm. and one holds more of the feminine consciousness. Mm. And that's how attraction happens. Do you know what I mean? They both may have um, male identified bodies or male male um, genitalia, but they have different polarities playing out within that one may hold more of the masculine and one may hold more of the yeah. feminine. And that might swap as well. But we need the polarities for attraction. Mm-hmm. We do. And it doesn't really matter about our gender as such, but these polarities play out in the world. And an example of that is, you know, if you have two very feminine um, energy people that meet, the date will never get arranged. <laughs> Nobody will set up the date. They'll never meet. <laughs> it's happened to me <laughs> because both are waiting for the masculine energy sure. to do the doing, sure. arrange the arrange the date, set yeah. the date, and make it happen. Um, and uh, yeah, it just and two dudes together will just yeah, like just sort crash. out a date and get out of there as quickly as possible, yeah, exactly. and they won't actually chat. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, um, I, I feel I feel like I possibly misspoke at the end of my last little rant there uh, mm. when I said everyone's the same. I do believe we're all the same, mm. but yeah. you clarified that beautifully for me there because who was the man you mentioned there? Who the, the David, David Data. David Data. So yeah. 90% of men embody more or live in more of the masculine more of the time because I do believe there are fundamental differences between. Well, I would just to correct that slightly that we find home there. Now, whether we choose to live more from that or mm. not is a different thing, but that's my home. That's my essence. Yeah. That's where I like rest into. Yeah. But yeah. I could also spend a whole day in feminine yeah, 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 if I wanted to. So just to say that. Of course, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I believe, and it could be wrong, but I believe that the reason I, as a man, mm. am drawn to certain things that make me feel more of a mm. man is because I'm living more in that masculine. Mm. So I do believe that makes me different from, and I, I don't like to use the word, the average woman, but because there's no average woman, but uh, a, a woman in the 90%, say, for example, won't have the same drives mm. or mindset. or And this is where the conversation gets a little bit more political because all of these companies with their quotas, trying to force men and women into the same job because of equality, it's actually, in my opinion, goes again. I didn't understand why I thought this before, but I'm starting to understand a little bit more. It goes against that natural state that men and women tend to be in. Not every woman wants to be an engineer. Not 50% of women wants to be an engineer, but some women do want to be an engineer. So they should absolutely have the opportunity to be an engineer. And this is where, to borrow a phrase from, I'm not sure your opinion on Jordan Peterson, but his phrase of equality of opportunity I am on board. Mm, Everybody should have the opportunity to do everything that they want and they don't. And that's a problem. So there's my problem. For example, with racism, for me, it's the same thing. There is racism. 
but equality of outcome is not the solution where we shoehorn men, True. women, Latinos, black people, Chinese people, mm. everybody in for a quota. Yeah. And that's, I feel like what we're trying to do because, and then we as people, as the mere mortals looking up at these companies and governments and corporations go, yeah, that makes sense. There should be the same amount of men and women. Yeah. And it's, but to, to go back to your original point, it's really nuanced and complex. And men and women mm. in general have different drives and <laughs> desires based on their energies, and, I think. Mm, definitely. Just another thing that's kind of coming up for me around that is because we're also like I had a curiosity around what is happening with um, maybe younger people who are not wanting to identify themselves Mm. as a particular gender or wanting to be non-binary and so on. And I think this comes back to this what, what I would refer to in the moment as toxic duality. You're a woman. You should like these sorts of things. And I'm a man and I should have these sorts of things. And that doesn't give us then the mm. the option to be like, well, actually, I like dolls, you know, as a four-year-old yeah. boy, you know. And so that we've created this this mm. toxic duality. I'm just making this up. Yeah. Where yeah. We're, we're forced into being a certain way. You know, and, I, and as a young boy, then I wasn't able to develop like, well, do I like dresses? Not that I particularly yeah. do, but, you know, we, we weren't, you know, can you imagine maybe where a, a, a young boy like puts on a dress and, and potentially shamed for that or potentially, you know what I mean? So we've yeah. created this like how young boys should be, how young girls should be. And then we grow up to be these things in society. Yeah. And that, why am I emotionally shut down? Do you know? As a, as an, as a grown up man. And that's patriarchy, right? That's patriarchy, yeah. <laughs> that's patriarchy. You know, boys will be boys and girls will be girls. Yeah. And that's it, patriarchy it, it, in what sense? Patriarchy, it's culture, mm. it's ancestral, it's just how you, how it is, how you've been mm. taught. Um, so, you know, if you're a boy and you want to wear nail varnish, it's like boys don't do that or boys mm. don't cry or mm. man up. The yeah. language we speak is and, is as, patriarchy yeah, language absolutely um and, but but what it instills and what it shuns and what it shames in people um is how we have ended up where we are today um and and you know coming back to um somebody who may be gender fluid it's exactly that it's not allowed and um, there's no space for it in the world and then you become or you come of an age and you start to explore it and and then you have to deal with parents you have to deal with Mm. with society telling Mm. you what you should be because of the genitals you have on your body or whatever or how you look um Mm. and then all the derogatory names that come with that but just back to the boys and girls i think that's a that's a fascinating one um how we are how we're programmed into being how we are today, how we manifest as adults, I guess. And it is the language. It's also, you know, if um, if a little girl gets angry, she cries. If a little boy gets angry, I'm, I'm not speaking for all now, it's just a generalization. Um, you know, they can punch a wall or they can punch a pal or whatever it is. If a, if a girl did that, it'd be like, ooh, yeah. that's a bit edgy. Sure. Um, but you, you, so you learn how to cry to express your anger or your frustration. Wow, so now I know, ah, oh, if I cry, uh, 
Um, I'm expressing my anger because this is what I've been taught. And then I become an adult and I'm still crying because I'm angry. So I haven't actually learned to um, express myself or use my voice and mm. use my power um, to express myself. And I just cry. Mm. And how manipulative is that? Mm. You know, if I'm a man, if you're if I'm if we're arguing, Dan, and I start crying out of anger yeah. or frustration, what do you do? You go this <laughs> yeah. you know I'm out of here or I'm um, going how do you deal with that you can't you're not yeah. having an adult adult conversation mm. so um, the culture and how we're brought up and everything that comes before it back to being in the womb back to conception you know your dad wants a girl <laughs> you know yeah. it's just it's so um I suppose, deep within us that we may not even recognize it for, for actually what it is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Let, let me offer some thoughts. Yeah, some thoughts uh, for discussion here on yeah. what you both just said there. Because this, um, I don't even know what the proper phrase is, but the, the number of people nowadays who really struggle with their identity, if it's gender identity, mm. whatever it is, is huge and it's mm. growing. And my thoughts on this are, I agree with what both of you said in terms of there are generational, cultural and societal um, shapings of everybody from when you're potentially in the womb or even earlier, but definitely mm. from when you're born and you're exposed to your environment. And then you potentially have a person who becomes into their teenage years usually and are very, they, they want to explore other, other energies, other sides of themselves or other attractions and they feel suppressed. But... But this is where I get the but. I also think that when you're 13, 14 and 15, particularly today, there are many other areas of your life where you're also feeling like you're, you're a teenager, for first of all. So you're already feeling awkward and, and weird mm. and, and, and distance. Um, you have social media as reprogramming your brain. Mm. So you're, you're confused about what you should be or what mm. happiness actually is. Yeah. So you have all of this angst combined with a potential desire to maybe explore another energy or maybe you're not a straight white male or something like mm. that. And there's no real outlet understanding or expression of that. But there are now groups. There's now social groups that you can join. And in my opinion, they're extremist groups mm. where they take in people like-minded people like that who are frustrated, angry, want mm. to explore different sides of their sexuality potentially. And they almost weaponize that uh, emotion and they it becomes a battle then because you have a very conservative person then doesn't like this and pushes back against this and then these people get even more outspoken. And But there's, there's um, truth on both sides. Mm. People need more freedom of expression. Mm. People need more ability to live the way they want to live. I mm. believe if you live in a country and you're oppressed for the way you look or dress or think or speak, that's just wrong. Mm. In my opinion, that's wrong. Mm. But I also believe if you're a person that wants to change how everybody else should live because you, you're dealing with your own internal traumas, that's also not entirely correct. Agree. But there's a mid-ground. Mm. But today there's no conversation about the middle ground. No. So you, you get this really polarizing... Um, I'm going to use an example of like, I used it earlier on, I don't know why I'm using this example, but most people are familiar with The Good Morning Show, one of these, Good Morning Britain, mm -hmm. where you have somebody like Pierce Morgan or an anchor or someone who brings on a representative from maybe a, a, a gender um, group. And he very clearly has a bias and they very clearly have a very strong message and it just becomes an argument, mm -hmm. not a debate or discussion, yeah, an sure. argument. But then us as the viewers who don't really understand this or what's going on, we're looking at this and we pick a side. And we pick Pierce's side we pick this person's side because mm. we're progressive and we're mm. liberal but that actually doesn't help 
anybody no, really doesn't, doesn't have the conversation doesn't divides have me further. divides further mm. and then this movement starts mm. to grow and you start to get uh, companies don't know how to react because if they they talk about it in the wrong way they're they're called out in social media so then they bring in quotas and then they bring in mm. anti-racism and anti-LGBTQ uh, uh, training and then people who don't understand that are like what well, you're assuming I'm a racist I have to have it so it, it just creates this mess mm-hmm. with no conversation so when I think about this it's to me it's really sad that there's no actual clear definition to the terms we're using to actually what people on both sides feel yeah. or think or need yeah and it results in more oppression and more division mm-hmm. as opposed to any more unity mm-hmm. that's my thought anyway so yeah. if you have a reaction or response to anything I've said there now's the time to jump in I think it kind of comes back to that basic human need of the sense of belonging yeah you know where do I belong Um, and we'll attach to an identity for that belonging we will do everything in Mm. our power for that belonging we Mm. will totally betray ourselves and and actually you know I would bring that back to women is that you know women will do that and they will betray themselves and buy into um, careers and successes and no more than anybody does, right? We all need that sense of belonging. So we belong to the pack. It's our basic, basic need. And if you are a gender fluid 13 year old girl um, or whatever it is, I use the word girl, so apologies for clunky language. Um, But, you know, if if you are in that space and you find a group and you go, I belong here. Mm. Wow, I found my people. Um, And I feel um, normal in inverted commas because that's, you know, that's another day's conversation. Um, What is normal? Um, but, But I feel at home here. I feel accepted here. I feel seen here. I feel heard here then you're going to align to that group. And regardless of what that group is or um, how militant or how accepting or anything they are out in society, you found a place where you belong. And and that will meet that that meets our our basic um, need as as human beings. So I completely agree with you. It's about Mm. creating the space where you can be whoever. whoever. And this is the problem because in the patriarchy then we have it's that mindset again of this one way of being this so anything then that that is marginalized means Mm. that we're all just being homogenized into this one way of being you know and this is this is why i think this non-binary thing is a reaction it's a healthy reaction to a suppression of you need to be this way or you're a boy you're this way you're a girl this way it's this uh, because i believe in soul Mm. And I believe in the idea that the soul is always mm. trying to open up to deeper sense of self, which is what you mentioned before, like complex and complexity. And we have created a society yeah. that is so simple and gentrified and homogenized that the soul is reacting now mm. by creating this, like, we need to explore other things here. I need to be non binary because I don't want to be like coerced into this way of being just because yeah. I'm a young boy in this society, you know. For me, when I was 18 or 19, I started wearing nail polish. Mm. I started, I think I shaved my head and stuff and I was, and I, I, I like pierced my nipple and so on. And like at the time, I didn't really know what was happening, but I was needing to express other mm. parts of me, you know, because I was brought up in a religious family, which is, again, 
that whole thing of this is the way you should be, little yeah. choir boy. So there's a natural reaction. And I think as a, as a evolution in society, I think that's why there are these marginalized um, groups starting to come up as well. Because worse, I, my personal judgment is that we're sick to fucking death of being told how we should be. Me anyway, being told how we should be. Women mm. being told how they should be in the yeah. world. Yeah. And that there are there is a there is people are starting to say I'm into this I'm into this and they're starting to find those groups mm. then where they can call home mm. I think it's really important yeah plus as well you know it's it's part of your sexual development mm. you know it starts when you're three four five years old and you you know you all see the little boy with the hand his hand down pants and figuring out what is this and and that's all that's all sexual development if mm. you start shaming that sure. at that age yeah. you're you're um, building in something that manifests later in life but but you know coming to um the the gender piece um is it, it's exploration sure it's growth it's good it's it's learning about yourself it's gonna maybe you know I don't feel like a a girl, I have a girl's body, but it doesn't feel like me. Now, how do I look in the world? And when you look outward and you see the the world as it is and all this um, normal stuff <laughs> um, and how, I guess dictating how you should look in the world, then you have to go find these groups. You yeah. have to find your people where you can be seen and heard. And that is our basic, basic needs. Not yeah. being seen and not being heard mm. for who we are. Yeah. It, it may, um, I'm, again, I'm struggling here because it's so complex. I know it is. The, I, I, <laughs> what I'm picking up on, because there's a lot, loads of stuff here, but what I'm picking up on, um, again, as you're, as you're speaking here, you're developing thoughts in my head here, is the language the meanings we have associated to different words, mm. like like girl. And even earlier on, I noticed mm. you said, uh, you apologize, oh, I'm not suggesting my 50s housewife or anything like that. Yeah. There's language that we use that has historical meaning yeah. in our Absolutely. Yeah. So anybody who thinks that a girl has to play with dolls and dresses, that's not what I think. Yeah. But I believe a girl is somebody who is more living in their feminine energy, as mm. you've explained. So to me, anybody who thinks that by calling a girl a girl, is going to um, manipulate them out of what they could potentially be is not fully accepting that potentially the chances are this person is going to live in their feminine energy. Maybe they won't. But, sure. But in, in, in history, with the millions of people we have, the chances are they're going to live in their feminine energy yeah. just like a boy is. I know some people now, and this is where it really comes home to roost because these are people in my extended peer group. It's now, it's it's here that we're here. It's not on TV or in, in documentaries. Yeah. It's here, it's real life, who are refusing to, and I don't know the proper terminology, but refusing to gender their children. Mm -hmm. So they're raising their children as non-binary. Now, my opinion on this is do whatever you want, but... I think that if this person is going to live in their masculine, we spoke earlier on about initiation and, and, and teaching. We don't have, me as a man, I can speak for me, I don't, I haven't had in my life, so I'm trying to figure out now, a, a, an initiation into mm. manhood. So I had to figure out what it meant to be a man. It wasn't my parents' fault at all. They protected mm. me. And that was a problem for me because as, as someone, a man living in my masculine energy, I needed challenge. I needed um, to overcome something. I needed to um, yes. to initiate and grow yeah. to make me the person that I feel comfortable with. And yeah. as a result, I'm doing it now. And the more I do it, the more connected I feel with my fiance, the more of a father I feel to my mm. kids. So for me, it's 
100% positive. I'm not speaking yeah. for anybody else. Mm. So if I have, I have a son, my son is one. And in my eyes, he is a boy, mm. but I don't, like he, he plays with his sister's toys. I see no issues with that. Mm. He explore. He like he, they play together. He he he. Him and her do the exact same thing. She plays football, and to me, I was like, oh she oh she's a bit mad. It means nothing to mm. me or to my partner, but to a lot of people, the word boy, me using the word boy, is gendering my son mm. and limiting his. I'm 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 watching him and seeing what he's interested in, sure. and then based off that, I if he I, I might be able to help him, and then when he comes of age, I might be able to offer him some challenge that will mm. help him overcome it, and he'll feel more um, at home in himself if that's what he needs. So my job is to be aware of what he needs. Yeah, but the 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 people I observe, and it's just my observations. This is not the rule who are not gendering their children, they're not offering any guidance for their children either. Yeah. So that's where I see a lost generation. Yes. And that's where I see, I agree 100% with your analogy of finding your people. But I believe when you find these groups, there's no nuance in these groups either. They're politicized, weaponized yes, groups. Absolutely. So you're not actually learning about yourself no, no, there you're either. Not. You're, you're learning that everybody else is the problem. Yeah. So I get really worked up about this and I get misinterpreted. And this is why I get people reaching out to me, uh, like that person who said I was contributing to the patriarchy. <laughs> I want the best for my son and my yeah. daughter. I want them to be happy. I want them to be fulfilled. They're going to experience difficult times, but I've experienced angst in my mm. life, identity linked angst because I didn't have not that I didn't I had a very strong male role model in my dad but I didn't have this initiation we spoke about before and I believe it's a big part of my um, uh, a missing part of me mm. and I understand as a female initiation or a feminine excuse me initiation as well um, where you learn to embody more and to be proud of mm. your feminine and your menstrual cycle and your capacity to if you choose to bear children or yeah. to live in your feminine and to, to offer calm and but we don't teach that either yeah. So now we have lost people mm. and we see these groups and all I see in these groups is people who have found their home and it's not healthy yeah. in in a lot of cases, not in all cases, because mm. that's that's not, not fair to say. So there's a and it's the same with people who aren't lost in their gender identity to lost in their own identity with their mm. job or they're attached mm. to other things yeah. as well. So yeah. so this conversation to me, the language about boy or girl and things like that, there's connotations to, to, to those words. Um, that I I don't subscribe to, yeah. But that's not the rule because a lot of people do think girl equals pretty frilly pink, and that's I don't agree with. And that. I also yeah, think no. that the word okay. itself is kind of loaded. As and as soon as we use a word, we're almost taking this whole thing yeah. that's come from the past and putting it on a person now. Although you uh, you you personally don't hold that energy of that expectation, the word itself is the same. Like I've been working with this, and as soon as like. I label a relationship as a partnership, then all the, the burden the baggage of, of the baggage of that, yeah. you know, yeah. whereas whenever yeah. you're not in a partnership, then you're free to express how you want, mm. you know, this is something that I've been exploring. So the word itself is loaded in yeah. the same way that boy, man, mm. woman, girl is, is fully loaded. And unless we're fully right. conscious and giving uh, permission for that person to be free of, of that, mm. then then they will become that. They will be shaped by that word and society's projection of that word on that person. That's a great point. And and it's it's the projection of an understanding at a point in time. So okay. if oh, yeah, we yeah. So if we if we take me, I'm an Irish, white, Catholic, good 
girl. <laughs> Take each Colleen. of those words and deconstruct <laughs> yeah, yeah, them yeah. and your oh. mind would bla- blow up. But let's take good, right? So we take good. So mm. I'm a good girl, mm. which means I'm not a bad girl. And um, What does good mean today? And, and what does bad mean today? And what did it mean 50 years ago? What did it mean for my mother? Um, you know, so good today might mean, I'm trying to think, um, Jeez, I'm. You're making loads of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have a good car. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Whereas good in my mother's day might have been, you didn't have sex before marriage. Yes. You know? And that was you end up in a night in a laundry. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's only at a point in time and it's only people's projection of the word yeah. um, on you. Um, and and that's, that's our responsibility, you know, to to look at those words, look at those identities, those attachments, whatever they are, and and deconstruct them for ourselves. You know, is this me? Is this the truest form of myself? Am I this good girl from what society tells me is good? And who who actually am I? So if we break it all down, if we break down all the patriarchy, the Catholic, the good, the Irish, because that has connotations, the girl, everything. Who the fuck am I actually? Mm, You know, mm. what's my truest self? Mm. And that's that's our journey here. That's why we're here. We're not here to to um, build empires and to have big houses and whatever. We're here for the human experience. So you talk, you identify souls. Souls come in for a human experience. Mm. And what does that mean? That means living life fully, mm. you know, living in the in the senses um, and, and all your senses and um, loving other people and and figuring yourself out and being true to yourself and your soul. Um, what does that mean for a woman? Like in terms of your work, I'm just yeah, curious. It's good. It's Sorry good for fashion. hijacking here. No, no God, please, this is why we're here. Please, <laughs> if I say nothing, yeah. I'll be delighted with this podcast. Yeah. No. I mean, if I if I tell the story of my own life, you know, I, I went to college, uh, you know, I was hungry for success. I was I went and be, did a, an economics degree and started working and was just hungry for career success because that's what I knew mm. was good or was success. That's what you were told. Yeah, I guess. exactly. Yeah. Um, so here I am, a young woman from Cork, <laughs> moving up to Dublin to pursue my career. And I pursued it mm. like a ma- toxic masculine on steroids. Mm. Um, and I did. And I, uh, you know, throughout the years, um, it was all about success and I wouldn't even stop to celebrate the success. I would just go for the next promotion, the next promotion, more money, more, more bonus, more everything. Um, you know, how far can I go? And then one day I woke up and I went, is this what life is about? Is this all there is to it? Um, is this what I'm supposed to do until I reach retirement or death if it comes sooner? Actually, would death be that bad compared to this? Um, because this seems endless. Um, and I will never have enough and I will never be, you know, the best as I was seeing it. So there was always going to be, I was always going to have a boss. There was always going to be someone better or younger. And and, and this is, this is women's experience in the world in general um, with men, but we could talk about that. Um, <laughs> um, but I was striving all the time and I arrived one day at, you know, the top of the career ladder relative to me going, is this it? 
is this what life is about? I, geez, my, I think my ladder is against the wrong wall. Mm. I, I, this isn't what I want for myself. Mm. Um, because it was this constant outward looking for approval, for validation, for praise. Um, that actually I was so far away from my true self that I, I didn't even know how to get back there. Mm. You know, I didn't even know who she was mm. anymore and um, why I was here um, on on the planet um, and, and what I was about, my true essence. What was I about? I had no idea because mm. I've been buying into other people's ideas. I was I was holding a secondhand map um, following someone else's trail mm. instead of my own trail. Um, and that I can't remember your question now because <laughs> I've gone off on a, gone off on one. But that that's my experience of of, of how I arrived yeah, so, at. Yeah. So what? So what? What in bringing in that feminine part of mm. you now? What does that look like? And in yeah. terms of your work as well, it's like what? What are the practical parts of that? Of of yeah. owning your feminineness? Mm. I guess. Well. First and foremost, and this is this is relevant for everyone, it's stripping back the ego. Mm. Um, you know, what are you identifying? What are you attaching to? And I was attaching to that, the performance review, the promotions, the more money, you know, earning more, um, you know, earning more than your friends, whatever, whatever it looks like for you. It doesn't matter. Big vacation, big, um, you know, car, house, whatever it looks like. So I was detaching from that um, and stripping back the ego. So it was a, a big ego death. Mm. Um and it was painful, but the other side was so amazing where you figure out, OK, now I'm still in this corporate job. Now, it's not about the what, it's about the how. Mm. So now it becomes, about, well, how do I want to do this? So it's still here. I still have to I still have to pay for life and life is expensive these days. So we can't, you know, just step out on a whim and, and, and give it all up and go find ourselves in a mountain. That's not living. That's not human. Mm. That's not the human experience. Anyone can have peace. Um, anyone can do the work and have peace on top of the mountain. Go and spend a week with your family and see where your <laughs> peace is at. You know, even point. if you are that Buddhist monk, go spend a week with your family, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so the living is about being in. And I had um, I had a mentor who said to me, and excuse my language, the shit and piss of your life. Mm. Um, and figure it out from there and mm. sitting in the dark and all yeah. these schisms, mm. internal schisms of, mm. you know, oh God, this is what I thought was success, but this actually feels like success. Mm. Now I'm feeling success mm. and it, it's not money and it's not promotion and it's not performance review related. Mm. It's connecting with friends and it's, you know, watching the sunrise and it's, you know, it's different things. So now I'm feeling, so I'm mm. starting to feel my life. Okay, this is feminine. This, mm. feels, this feels home to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do I bring that into my job? You know, so how do I be more heart led from my feminine, open, devoted heart um, with so much love to give? Mm. Uh, how do I bring that into the job where I'm operating in a, a masculine construct, mm. but I want to be this way. Mm. This is how I am. This is how Nicola shows up at work. Um, and, and that is a journey in itself as well. But but it does mean you become more heart led. You make decisions from here, yeah. not here. Yeah. And I, I think my um, uh, you, you know, my thing is 
I can do both. So you can you can employ your heart and your soul. And, you know, um, a lot of my work is around womb healing mm. um, and being led from your womb. Um, I can do all of that, but also employ employ the intelligence mm. um, of my of my mind and my brain, because that is not being ruled by the monkey that's driving it, that's driving my brain, or it's not being influenced by um, a, a, a corporate view or a view of what society thinks I should look like. I'm just being me. Mm. And that's my more, that's the comfortable place and that's the heart led place. And that's how you can survive in a masculine world, coming back to yourself. Beautiful. And your power. Beautiful. And I, you know, so there's a few things that you said there coming from feeling. So like in the the context of what, because I'm interested in what is feminine, what is masculine and where are they in the body? How do we relate to them? So when you were talking about how do I I feel in this moment or how do I relate to that? You know, so that's very feminine to, to me. And then you're talking about being led from the heart and work. So. I have something I really want to say around this because it's something that really excites me. For me, then, I was told from a young age from my mum, you know, that I should be more loving and more in my heart and so on. I don't know if I spoke about this the last time. That was never my home. And I was trying to be in here, but not finding any sense of presence. Yeah. And not finding any sense of self and then being resentful of being told you need to come back to your heart, you need to drop out of your head, you need to get mm. into your heart. And it was only through the work then, it was actually through doing initiation, dropping down into something mm. deeper in myself and understanding this work of of David Dada and John Wineland, that they understand that the masculine core is down in his belly. And that's my home now. Mm. And I actually have a lot of emotion around this because for so many years, I was told to move from here to here. That wasn't my home. Mm. My home was down here in the depths of myself. And that's where I rest in the silence of of who I am, you know. Mm. And that's the difference between the masculine and the feminine. And I love the beauty that that's where you come from, from mm. that state of feeling, from that state of relating, that state of love, you know. And I can really feel that in mm. your presence, you know. And that's not my home. My home is like this deep, deep sense of presence within the self. And when you're talking about initiation, the way that the masculine, the consciousness grows within a male or within a, in a, in a female is through challenge. And that's why we needed to do initiation was to break down into the deeper parts of self. And if we weren't initiated and we didn't go through that challenge, we never fully connected to who we are. And I still have a lot of emotion around this because... Mm. I spent years trying to find myself in my heart. And in this Western society, oh, I need to go from your head here. For men, we need to go down, down, Mm. down into the pits of my belly. And that's where I exist and that's where I reside. And I think a lot of men are being hijacked from this place. And they're being feminized, actually. And I think that's okay. I think like for me, for being brought up with three sisters and a mother, I was in a very feminine environment. And my mom was very dismissive of the masculine. So in contrast to your story about life where you were very driven and you decided from whatever influence you had Mm. that you were going to follow that career goal, I was then, what I was given, I don't know if it's given or acted from, was I didn't have any sense of direction. I didn't have any sense of 
ambition as such because I had been brought up that the masculine was wrong mm. and striving for money was wrong because there's a religious thing. Money's bad. Money's the root of all evil, you know. So I led most of my life then from the feminine place of kind of like feeling into and, and being with. But I didn't have that drive. I didn't know how to claim my own sense of direction and 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 clarity and purpose, you know. And that's and so th there's a there's a big piece for me in terms of of my work is like really encouraging men that I don't think and I'm, for some men yes I think they they can lead with their heart mm -hmm. and just because I'm coming from here as a source doesn't mean I'm not connected to here exactly. and actually the truth of that is when I find the real ground of my own being that's when my heart comes online because mm -hmm. my heart feels safe and my heart feels open and I want to be coming from consciousness and love as opposed to just my yeah. own sense of, of masculine being, you know? Yeah. And I would say it's the same for the feminine. Mm. Yeah, the womb. Um, because if you're just, if you're just heart-led, yes. you're giving, 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 yes. giving, giving, and that leads to resentment. Yes. Over giving, it's, it's a wounded place. Sure. It's a wounded feminine where you're just the martyr. All right, the Irish mammy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the martyr. And, and it's not a good place to be. Yeah. Whereas when you drop down even deeper than your heart. Yeah. And, and that opens your heart more, sure. right? Um, to, uh, to your womb space and heal that space. So, you know, the, the womb is the source of creation of human beings, mm. of projects, of, mm. of, of everything sure. um, for, for a woman. And when you can heal that space, you heal so much. You heal your ancestry, you heal yourself, you heal for your descendants, yeah. you heal if you take in your own life. If you can drop into that space of rest and peace and mm. um, of knowing yourself, then the heart opens as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's probably very, very similar and you've articulated it really well. Um, but it, it is about that womb healing space and that, you know, in turn, you get to know yourself, you get to know yourself through your cycle. Um, yeah. You know, your menstrual cycle for, for a woman is that that is life. Sure. That's fully representative of life. Sure. You know, if you think how it starts, you start with, an egg drops down waiting to be fertilized um the the egg doesn't chase sperm the egg will suck in one sperm um and will sit and wait for that sperm to come to her and she will choose Cool. Right, I'm getting a picture here, right? <laughs> <laughs> but to be feminine in this world, you know, mm. we talk about David Data and yeah. and John Wineland and um, uh, Mark Beanay and Zach Rohde and all those guys. Um, you know, to to be feminine in an intimate is to just be 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 your radiant self. Be your radiant self. The Absolutely. masculine will come, come to yeah. you. And if he doesn't, it wasn't for you. So and it's really exciting. Egg. It's yeah. just to say, it's really when you say that, you know, the woman, the woman, or you're talking about the 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 egg, but even in putting it into the context of a woman being in her radiance, loving self, mm. and the attract, you know, I want to go towards that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what do you mean? So I'm attracted to that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, and you're I, attracted to that. Yeah. 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 So I want. I want yeah. to. 
Yeah, I'm attracted. So there's, there's, it evokes something in me, a it want does. and a desire yeah. and, a, and, a, and a going yeah. towards, you know, so it activates that part of me that, mm-hmm. that wants, you know. But I, I just like it in the context of what you're talking about because the sperm's like just like off the mark. He's yeah. just like, go for it. And she's just, she just there, there sitting and, and yeah. And waits and will suck in the right one. He doesn't <laughs> penetrate her. She invites him in. Huh. Um, and huh. then Good. back to the cycle is, you know, if if that egg isn't um, isn't fertilized, it dies. Um, and then you shed and you have your bleed. And that's the, the cycle in life of life and death, the potential for life and then the death, the decay of the egg and mm. the eventual death, which is the, the bleed. And then when you go through, you broaden out into your wider cycle, that's just your menstruation. So that's, you know, we equate it to the seasons. So that's like winter um, where everything dies and goes underground. And and even when women feel into their energy and how they're feeling, or I, I'm not going to say women, I'm going to say bleeders feel into their energy. It's real. You know, I just want to be on my own. I want to be in a dark room. Mm. I'm in pain. I'm in whatever. I'm, you know, you're not feeling out into the world in your full expression. And then you cycle through the seasons. So you come to you come out of winter into spring. And that's, you know, for bleeders listening to this, it's those couple of days after your bleed when you go, oh, my God, my energy's coming back. And, you know, coming back out into the world. Then you come into full um, summer in, in ovulation and you're it's like the height of summer, you know, full expression, blooming and blossoming. And that's, you know, all these seasons have different it's good to do different exercise or eat different foods or live different ways through all these seasons when you're in touch with them. And then you come back into autumn again and you're starting this decline into the the menstruation or the death again. So women through their cycle or bleeders through their cycle live life and death every cycle. Mm-hmm. So we we understand it when we tune into it. And that translates out or ripples out into every aspect of life. So if a relationship is dying um, or you're at the death of a relationship, it's to, to not turn away, you know, not turn away as as a woman because you understand it. You get mm. it. You live life and death every every cycle. And, mm. um, you know, it's it's like a job. It can be anything, right? It can be a relationship. It can be a job. It could be a hobby. It could be something, some part of you, some belief or some programming that you have um, and let not being afraid of something dying mm. and not being afraid of getting the sword out and cutting the fucking mm. thing off, mm. <laughs> you know, ending the relationship or um, ending the belief that you have about yourself mm. um, and, and leaning into that decay and death of something. Mm. Um, we were talking about hormonal cycles earlier on and and that's a that's a that's a big masculine feminine piece and when we when we get to understand each other in that sense so if you are living with a bleeder um and you're you're male and the the language is getting very complex in my mind so <laughs> i don't want to um, make it complex for anyone but if you know Woman with a menstrual cycle, man uh, living together. Let's simplify it again. Um, when you understand that woman's cycle, you get to know your your partner, whatever, on a deeper, deeper level. You see, you see her different aspects. You see her fully, and when she knows his, 
which is a 24 hour cycle. It's much simpler. Um, it's 24 hour cycle of testosterone. Yeah, it's a little bit more complex, but but essentially it's a 24 hour cycle of um, death and decay. So it's much, much faster. Um, and maybe you don't get time to sit in it and fully feel it and understand it. Um, you can you can live in harmony. So, you know, testosterone is highest in the morning. You know, morning glory is 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 not there for no reason. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a hormonal thing. It's a fact sure. of life. It's the best time of the day for men to have sex. Mm. Um, the evening is not, even though we might equate with going to bed in the evening with having sex. It's not a good time for a man, um, because uh, his testosterone is so low. That's a time for a man to be more in his feminine. So resting and relaxing and reju rejuvenating for the next day. So for this rise in testosterone again. Mm. Um, whereas, or, a or a different type of lovemaking maybe as mm, well, you know. Could be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it could be just, it mightn't be lovemaking at all. It could be yeah. just touch or sure. um, something else. Um, mm. It could be just a conversation mm, um, mm, mm. that is most intimate mm. of all. Um, so getting in tune with those cycles. So it's come comes back to that feeling piece. Um, mm. Feeling life, feeling life in your body, feeling yourself, feeling your beliefs and what you stand for, your values. And until you can do it inwardly, the outward world will always reflect what state you're in, in your internal environment. So, um, you know, if you responsible, like Dan, you perpetuating the patriarchy, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. <Sorry. laughs> um, I go, well, what's that a reflection of in me that yeah. I think that of you or that I'm, I hold you responsible for it or, yeah. you know. Um, I, I often think that, uh, and I use this phrase regularly, I don't know, I don't know if I coined it, but perhaps I did, uh, the outsourcing of yes. your internal insert problem here, angst, trauma, misunderstanding, whatever. It's somebody else's problem. Um, and for, the first thing I want to say is thank you both for that last 20 minutes there because you've both shared something quite <laughs> in intimate uh, about your own experiences mm. with your challenge and your own uh, realizations mm. from your early years to now. And it's actually the second time this week I've had that conversation with uh, with mm. a, a lady about um, the, the, particularly from your maybe late teens to maybe late 30s, mm. that period of time. Yes. And I'm always interested and curious and I, I'm not qualified to answer the question. So I ask a lot of different people about this. Um, I, I think a lot of men and women, but women are being lied to at the moment about what is actually important in their lives. Mm. And I really hope that people don't get later on in their life mm -hmm. and realize that and not be able to change it. Yeah. If that's having a family, that's one thing. If that's a career choice, it's another thing. If that's being actually happy and content in yourself by the way you lived your life, that's another thing. Yeah. So there's many different elements to this. Um, and something you said there, Niall, you probably saw it lit me up straight away when you mentioned that challenge that you needed mm. deep inside yourself. Mm. I crave mm. that challenge now because yeah. I didn't have it because mm. my dad was too good to me. Mm. That's why I'm always like, mm. it's really hard to speak about this because he did everything yeah. for me because he loved me so much mm. and it left me wanting more challenge but not understanding why, why? and then being a little bit confused and listless mm. and ended up me spiraling out of control for a couple of years and just being massively unhappy without knowing why and now I'm starting to understand mm. it. when you say that that's what I feel yeah. I don't know how to explain it sometimes yeah. but it's I need yeah. to overcome this me challenge too. Yeah. Me too. and I find that with a lot of my it's male amazing. friends 
it's it's missing and I can now see it I'm like that's what's missing well, the, it's the extreme sports thing as well like oh. people will risk their fucking lives <laughs> literally yeah literally yeah to do that thing of challenge so as you both are speaking there I have these concepts in my brain that I'm always trying to think if mm. I was to explain to my um, friend at a dinner party who doesn't have these kind of conversations mm. who just lives his life or her life how could I explain what I think a good way that we could move forward is because there always has to be like, okay, that's all great, Dan, but what's the yeah. point? How do we do this? As you're speaking, it's become a more clear in my head that firstly, it's so important that we as communities, societies, people, individuals, families, give other people space to be safe, to explore and to grow. And when you spoke about men's circles before, and I speak to Pat Diverley and Dara Stewart and these types of people, it, they're creating space for men in these contexts, mm. for men to explore and understand this mm. outside the bounds of mm. the office or mm. at the sports ground mm. where it's like you're getting one element of mm. what you need yeah. but nothing else sure. so you attach to that one thing mm -hmm. it's the money or I am the best on the team or and it, you're like craving it in that one direction but everything else attached to that is usually not really good or healthy for you but by giving someone space in this in your case men you allow them to explore that. And I've I've noticed that now having these types of conversations. We all give each other space mm. and we all kind of, oh, wow. Yeah. And you said that then. I felt it deep mm. in my, not even in my gut, like deeper than that. I was mm. like, I need that too. And I can mm. understand and we can learn. And then with women as well, and you do a lot of int intimacy work and stuff mm. like that too. Um, and I often think if we can, as a community, give others space but also some help and guidance if they need it. Yeah. Which I think is when I, I referred to like me and my son earlier on. If if I observe my son like looking for challenge, I'll provide the challenge. Yeah. But I'm not just going to do it because he is a boy. If I observe him as he grows looking for challenge and he wants to climb and jump off things, I'll be like, climb and jump off it, man. And if I observe my daughter doing the same thing, I'll be like, climb and jump off it. Mm. Uh, but I'll also be conscious of what did I need when I was younger to help me not feel lost. Yeah. Sure. Maybe I can help. And I'm going to be massively insufficient in that. But the more we think about it, the better we get. And then I think, because you said something really important, Nicola, then when we as a society give people space, it's, it's then the individual's responsibility mm. to maybe search out that challenge for themselves. Once they've received some guidance or some indication, you have to then do the work. Sure. Yeah, you you have to do the work if you want to call it the shadow work, if you want to call it the the, the self-work, the growth work. You, you can't just coast and make it other people's problems um, that you don't feel good if you're being given the space. And bear with me for a minute because I'm, I'm, I'm working on something yes, here and developing yes. something here. So if we are as a community giving people space and some guidelines, we can't suppress them in the same breath. So we can't say, well, this is how you should do things mm -hmm. or need to do things. We can offer guidelines and suggestions. So if we are doing that, which I acknowledge is a problem nowadays because we're not doing that in all communities. There is suppression. There is, this is how you should be. So it's not ideal at the moment, but in an ideal world, we give people space. Then the individual has to take responsibility because then, as you beautifully explained there, you're not a victim of the system anymore. You can then live within the system, which is not ideal, but like it's not changing at the moment. So mm. what are we going to do? Mm. We're going to fight with each other. No, mm. let's not fight with each other. Let's take individual responsibility within our communities if we're privileged enough to have the ability. Because mm. like we're sitting here on a Friday morning having mm. these wonderful conversations. We drove here in cars, we've got cameras and food and coffee. Yeah. When I think of privilege, 
that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking of like, I have to check my, my white privilege. I'm thinking of we, we have the opportunity here to explore a deeper understanding of ourselves. And if we do that, we might help other people. And then we could cha- change the world. That's my grandiose view. One person at a time. Yeah. But it is the individual's responsibility mm-hmm. if you have the privilege and the opportunity to do so to go in and sort your own stuff out. Again, yeah. I, I do like Peterson. He'd make this whole make your bed idea. Before you change the world, make your bed. Sort mm-hmm. yourself out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. some people can't do that mm-hmm. because they're oppressed. Mm-hmm. But it's not everybody who's oppressed. No. So we, we can, as individuals, do that. And then we can, as communities, provide space for other people to do that. Sure. Which is where I think these, these gender uh, identity issues come up. A lot of people are really... Um, really confused and angry by it and threatened and challenged by it so they push back really hard my opinion on it is explore whatever you need to I'm exploring too I'm not exploring my my gender but I'm exploring other stuff so explore but then on the other side of that you can't make me your problem unless I'm actually oppressing you which I'm not at the moment so I can't be your problem and for this person who reached out I'm not your problem here Mm because you said it there like what is that person's problem they're they're attacking me because they have an issue now, maybe in certain areas of their life, they are being oppressed or they have baggage or trauma or issues. And that's I, I acknowledge that it is the case, but it's not me. Mm. So yeah. I acknowledge I want to create a space to have Nicola and Noel on. And I want to learn and I want to explore mm. and grow and help people. That's really what I want to do because I want to help myself and other people. But the individuals, we have to acknowledge we also have mm. individual responsibility. So uh, when you were speaking there, I was just, it, 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 it solidifies a lot of things in my brain, the yeah. way I think about these things. I'm, I'm trying to form, like, what would the answer be? Because I can't change the world or tear down the system. But we have individual and collective communal responsibilities. Mm. That's what I, I think they are. Yeah, they are. Is that, does that yeah. make sense, what I just said? There? It does. <laughs> okay. It completely, yeah, you 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 summed it up pretty well there um it's brilliant um i think it's you know it's always about your domain and sometimes in my um work i describe it as a hula hoop you know you have a hula hoop on what's inside the hula hoop is yours what's outside is not yours but the outside will always reflect what's going on inside so exactly as jordan peterson and Let's be honest, he is a controversial guy. Um, but some of those points, you know, some of those um, sound bites, I guess, are phenomenally powerful. Make your bed um, yeah. is exactly it. Do your internal work. Figure out you. So within your domain, you have rights and you have responsibilities um, and nothing is your fault. And I think that's happened to you up to now, whether it's white man suppression or... Um, you know, you 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 feel constricted by a job because you can't leave because you've rent to pay because you have family to raise or you feel constricted by, you know, the, the marriage you're in that may not be great and you can't really leave because that's frowned upon. Um, what, whatever it is that it, you feel constriction around, it is your responsibility to do something about it. It's yeah. not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Sure. And, you know, through radical self-acceptance this is where i am now you know this is who i am now is what i am now whatever what situation you're in move forward from that and how do i do that and it's exactly as you say we come together in community your men's groups women's groups find those places where you can look in the mirror and look in the mirror <laughs> and see see your stuff for what it is. So um, Dan isn't perpetuating the patriarchy. 
he is perpetuating what I feel inside of me, which sure. is my feeling towards yeah, okay. patriarchy. It's, 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 I feel suppressed. Um, and now I see it outside of me because it's so alive inside me. Of course, it's going to manifest outside of you. And and it's not to pick on that person, right, or to, to whatever. But but that is the work. Yeah. That is the work. You know, we can we can blame and we can find fault outside of us all day long. It's there. All you have to do is say it to yourself and you'll find evidence of it. But where does that get you? Are, are you feeling any happier now? You know, you, what, what does it give you um, to be able to do that? So it's Dan's fault. Um, it's Niall's fault. It's it's my job's fault. Yeah. Um, what does that change? Nothing. Well, I Absolutely like, nothing. I like, it's okay to yeah. respond to that. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that um, emotions are messengers. Mm. So what's it trying to yeah. tell you? Mm. And then, so we're not mm. believing the emotion itself. The emotion is trying to say something. The anger. What's the anger mm. pointing me towards? Sadness. What's the sadness pointing me towards? Exactly. And that's when we can start to own that piece because, mm. yeah, I think emotions happen because they can be markers to towards. Like I know in relationship for me, there's so much stuff that comes up in relationship that has given me so much. Like I've just needed to take weeks out. Mm. to process all the stuff that's come up um, within that. And I I also pro project as well, you know, and, and it's really difficult actually to mm. find that point where I'm blaming another person and to find the pain that's within me. And that's kind of what I'm with at the moment, you know. Mm. So it's, it's difficult to do. And it's, as you say, it's the work, I actually think. Yeah. This, you know, how we are triggered in the world and the people around us is a messenger for what's going on within us that mm. needs to heal. Mm. You, 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 and you've alluded to it twice now as well. Uh, as well as the men's and women's groups get to give us space, mm. we have to give ourselves the space oh, in our own geez. heads. Yeah. I, used to, I used to quote this all the time. Blaise Pascal, the, the philosopher, is, talks about um, man's, the root of man's unhappiness. I butchered a quote. I never know the exact words, but is his inability to sit quietly by himself. Mm. And it's so true nowadays because it yeah. was my, it was my, it still is one of my biggest Achilles heels an ability just to sit and process. Yes. And even from a, like when I was in the medical world, even, even um, from a physiological point of view, to, to process the input you had in the day, your brain needs, yeah. um, it's not, there's a, there's a term for it, it's it's a conscious rest. So not being asleep. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's being awake. Yes. But resting your brain. Sure. So not having input while you're awake gives your brain a chance to process thoughts, emotions, uh, feelings. And if you don't have that, and especially today where literally people cannot sit on the toilet, I'm, I'm a victim of this without the phone in the mm -hmm. hand or something to distract yourself mm -hmm. from what you know is in there but you don't want to deal with or acknowledge yeah. and then another day goes by and that's another day of input that you've just for, like, a, like a, a closet that you're full of stuff and you just keep forcing it in there close yeah, the door close yeah. the door um, <laughs> but if you had that five minutes um, I'm doing this challenge at the moment it's, it's a, like a kind of a discipline challenge but a, a part of it is five minutes every single day of meditation and it's part of the challenge so the challenge is physical in nature but this is a massive important mm. part and it, to me it has been the most beneficial mm. part of the entire challenge because mm. I struggle implementing it in my day mm. now it's part of just my routine mm. and I actually I crave it now I look forward it's five minutes it's just five minutes where I put my timer on and I just sit mm. and all of a sudden my brain is like Okay, here's how you actually feel right now, Dan. I'm like, what? 
I was like, yeah, this is how you're feeling. This is how this affected you today. I'm like, I had no idea. It's like I'm talking to myself. We don't give ourselves the space to do that. So the men's groups, for me, are an extension of that. It's a safe space for me to be able to then give myself the safe space sure. and for my brain to go, it's okay now. Mm, we have yeah. to look at this stuff. And then mm. when Pat introduced me to this concept of shadow work, I was like, that makes sense to me. I didn't have the, the, mm. the words, but that makes sense because there's a lot of monsters and shadow in there that I just kind of just run yeah. from. I just run away. I just run really fast. I keep, if I keep running fast, it'll never catch me. But then when you sit and actually stop and face it and acknowledge it, you're like, Okay, it's not as scary as it was, but no. it definitely needs to be addressed. We have to figure this out here. Um, yeah. But giving yourself that space, I think it's so important. We just don't have it anymore. Because no. we're told, produ- produ- be productive, more productive, more productive. Mm. Where does it stop? You mentioned, we, we mentioned, I think it was before we turned the microphones on earlier on about the, the promotion and the next promotion, the next promotion, the next mm. promotion. Mm. So, so you're never stopping to acknowledge what you've, yeah. what you've achieved now. That's exactly. actually really good. And is this what I want? And what, what is enough? But you're being told, oh, Nicola, it's not enough. Next. It's, next. You're not, next. You're, more, more, That's more. fine. But now here's the bar mm. for a successful woman. Yeah. Here's the bar. I know yeah. that's fine. Well done. But now here's the bar. Yeah. <laughs> for a successful woman. So you're just mm. bombarded by this yeah. stuff all the time. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah, you turn. You, yeah, exactly that. You end up masculine in a masculine world and it's all, all becomes very, very toxic. Uh, yeah. An interesting one. I'm interested as well because you talked about before about like the necessity of like living in the world and not mm. just being on a mountaintop. And you're talking about like taking those five minutes of silence and so on. You know, when yeah. David did, it talks about like a feminine practice mm. as being different from a masculine practice. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, is sitting on one spot staring at a tree, which I find bliss. Oh, yeah, it's very good for me too. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and what's what's your version yeah. of that? Or is it that? Or do you know? It's a combination. Mm. So there are days when sitting in silence is good. There mm. are days when, uh, and more often than not, is when you're in a dance flow. Mm. Um, you know, when you just put get up in the morning and put on some music and flow with some music. That's when everything starts to move in mm. my body and my, okay. my emotions, everything, feelings, values, everything I feel within me, all those sensations um, start to to move. wake up and mm. move and 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 I can live from that then um for the day or for whatever it is. So it, it is definitely a combination. I definitely think you have to sit still with your thoughts as well. It's almost like the snow globe. You shake it up during the day and you just let it all fall in the evening. And whether you do that, you know, um through sleep or you do it sitting in silence, you have to do it. Um I think we're all the same in that sense, mm. I guess, of uh, now, if you'd set me a challenge, if you said, uh, you know, this is a challenge, and yeah. I go, whoa, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do that. I I might be able to do that tomorrow. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, then, for me, it was really yeah, positive. Because yeah, that's cause, really masculine, yeah, right? Yeah, We're going to do a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I fucking love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. I fail in the second really? day and then wow. I feel failure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Instead of going, well, actually, that's what I needed today. And what I need tomorrow is, or what I, yeah. that's what I needed yesterday and what I need today is some dance flow yeah um, and that's important to recognize what's real yeah. in the moment what's what feels true for me now what's exactly. going to bring me into yeah yeah and that's that tuning in mm. inwards instead of looking outwards sure. you know um, if you want to know meditation is the best thing you can do it, all the evidence is there if you want to know 
da- free dancing or just movement is the best thing you need to do when the evidence is all there. Mm-hmm. Um, depends on what you want, but what do you want? What's, what's Pharmaceutical the Pharmaceutical drugs, all the evidence it's, is there. It's all there. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is there. Yeah. Vying for your attention, vying for your money, vying yeah. for whatever it is. Um, you'll find it outside. Mm. But what's inside, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. I have another thing just around what you were talking about a moment ago in terms of like the the death cycle, you know, that mm. you're experiencing every month. So whenever change comes along in your life yeah. in terms of the end of a relationship, the end of a job or whatever, that you're more adaptable to that because you experience it every month. And so that brought me back. So, you know, we have a patriarchal society, job for life partner for life do do you know what I mean this like one way of being and so this is is a clear example for me where that thing of 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 the cycles of life you know you do a job for six or seven years and you've done that cycle and there's a time and necessity and if we're more in touch with that feminine way of being within ourselves Mm. then we can start to recognize actually it's time to move on here or this relationship isn't working anymore and I and I so again this is the rigidity of the patriarchal society that, but you're you 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 trained to be a lawyer. You're going to be a lawyer for mm-hmm. life, you know. But we're we're not we're, part of our being is the life, death, renewal, and that we're always there are always parts of our lives that are dying, mm-hmm. and creating new stuff. And that's how we get variety in life. But again, this society of like one way, one career, yeah. one person, one you know. Yeah. So that's what. So the mm-hmm. beauty of like being connected into that cycle. Yeah being intimately linked to that means that you can, as you've just been talking about, if your internal experience is one of acceptance of death and the ends, mm. then your external experience will be that as well, you know? Yeah, yeah well, and it's a, you bring up some really interesting examples, you know, of marriage, of um, jobs, everything, you know, knowing when to cut away the dead limb or the whatever it is. Um, and, and marriage and relationships is, is a really interesting one. And it's an interesting one from a, a woman's perspective because um, you will hear it and I have heard it is, you know, I can't be in a relationship because I lose myself mm-hmm. um, or, you know, I've lost myself in this marriage. And not really, you know, that's really just saying, well, the marriage is to blame for me losing I was myself. About to say it's the marriage's yeah. fault. Yeah, it's yeah. not my fault. Kind of <laughs> hadn't <laughs> found yourself in the yeah. first place. So <laughs> maybe you had bought into this notion of what marriage would be and it's not deli- it's not delivering on that or living up to that. And, you know, we can look outside ourselves Mm. for happiness for security for you know our better half or or, you know my other half and you're actually a whole person in and of yourself and that's that's your journey here to find yourself not not from another person so kind of how I see a relationship is you know you have your yourself and another person so your domain their domain and then you decide well what's our common domain Mm. you know what do we bring to this space in the middle we're choosing to relate with each other I bring my own security um, I bring my own happiness I'm not looking to you to bring happiness into this circle if you bring happiness I'll bring security Mm. if you bring Uh. joy I'll bring uh, whatever it is love or whatever it is you have to bring, you have to have it in yourself before you will find it in a relationship. Um, 
And we were talking about the marriage thing just before we we started recording about the you know the celebration of marriage is longevity mm. is like you know you're you stayed together for fifty years well done You've got endurance yeah <laughs> <laughs> you do but what was that fifty years like yeah. so feel into the fifty years or whatever it is it's one year ten years whatever you celebrate an anniversary every year no more than you celebrate your birthday every year. Uh, what was that year? What was in it? What was rich about it? Are you recommitting to the to the relating, whether you're married or in a relationship or whatever it is? Um, are you recommitting it to it on this day every year or every day or every minute of every day um, committing to this relationship? And you recognize when it's dead and it's gone. Mm. And, and can you cut it? Or are you going to hang in there for the kids? Mm. Hang in there for whatever else? Or, you know, um, oh, I couldn't possibly do it on my own. Or he's wealthy. Or, <laughs> you know, I couldn't possibly leave. Or whatever lifestyle it gave you. And that could be the opposite way around She's as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so it, it, it's what do you recognize when? The relationship is dead. Mm. Can you let it go? And also just like the, especially in, in Ireland, you know, like the, mm. the outside judgment. What would the neighbours think? Yeah. 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 What would the family say? Yeah. Yeah. My Fuck. parents were together 50 years. Yeah. We, I should do the same. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, that's not how we're built. No. Like I have views on, I have my own views on how I would live, but that's not how humans are built. We're not built for one person. Mm. Uh, everything we want is not in the other person. It's in ourselves and we, and we have to find that. It's no more than, you know, our our sexuality. Mm. Your sexuality isn't attached to your partner and they give you pleasure. Your sexuality is your life force. Mm. It's how you live your life. It's your juice in life. Mm. And yet we have a, and right, this isn't us either. You know, this is culture. This is Catholic Church. We have tied sexuality to marriage mm. or to partnership or to the other person um, or to reproducing. So not only is it tied to the Catholic Church, it's also tied to capitalism and patriarchy um, where mm. we're just producing labour for <laughs> for the capitalist, <laughs> sure, sure. you know, um, and and it's it's uh, that's the work I do, you know, around the sex coaching and pleasure coaching is that. Finding it within yourself, you know, coming back to your body and the the self-agency and the autonomy you have in your own body and your own pleasure. And it isn't about, you know, masturbation or it isn't. It is about that and about having good or healthy sexual relations. It is all about that. But it is all about it is also about how you live. You know, is there pleasure in your life? Do you get pleasure from a cup of tea? We do. I absolutely get pleasure from <laughs> a cup of do. tea. We yeah. <laughs> um, do. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's back to that. You are a soul here in a human body for a human experience and living in your senses. Yeah. You know, do you get a hard on from the sunrise? Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and, and that means just a turn on, you know, a, a mm. turn on in, in your body. Yeah. Um, do you enjoy it? Mm. Um, instead of just numbing our way through lives, our life and um, looking outside for relating, looking outside for this validation or this celebration that oh, you're 50 years married or you're one year married or you're 10 years um, partnered or relating or whatever it is. Mm. 
what's the quality of it? Yeah. 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 And that brings me back just a little bit, just to, once we have framework yeah. for understanding, then we can't, like if, if we take the framework of relationships and the relationships have their own seasons of their mm. own time. If there's a, a permission almost or an acceptance in society that this is how relationships are as opposed to marriage for life, then then we 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 don't necessarily have to live with the misery. Yes. <laughs> Cuz we have yeah. choice. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. this relationship isn't working for me anymore. Mm. And if I have a framework for okay, well relationships have their time. There are two souls coming together maybe to teach each other in this world. Mm. Like this is just an option. To, yeah, to teach yeah, yeah, to bring each other on this journey and then maybe we've done this journey together and it's time to move on. Then there's then there's there's I think there's more possibility for more joy in the same way that if we we commit to a job for a period of time, another job may come along that we're like this doesn't fill me with joy anymore. This is something I did either out of obligation mm. or I did it for a period of time and it suited me in that time, but now I need to move on. So once we start to like create bigger frameworks of who we are as humans, then we can, in those moments where things are off center, yeah. instead of getting pissed up or taking loads of drugs or going to clubs, whatever we do mm -hmm. to distract ourselves from this internal sense of dissonance, like my life isn't right now, I just need to get fucked up. Yeah. Then we can start to be like, well, what's true? What's real for me? You know, and what yeah. needs to change for me to get back into a mm. state of alignment with my life? Yeah. You know? And you said something there about the um, framework, mm. um, and that's the container. And the that's, container, and that's the yeah. as the container can be as narrow or as wide sure, as you want it. Sure. And, and you know, whatever I do, loads of work around wheel of consent and communicating mm. and setting the container for um, different whatever relationships, explorations, whatever. But in society, say the container, and who holds the container? The masculine. Yeah. Always oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're really feeling that. <laughs> no, but you know, it, it's society, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. Patri so patriarchy has become a, a, a wart on society yeah. um, and, and set a container so narrow yeah. that unless you're white or unless you're straight, sure. unless you're whatever, sure. now sure. you fit in our container, that's okay. But anyone else, yeah. you, you can be here, but mm. yeah. you don't fit in. Yeah. Whereas if we broaden that container framework, as you say, um, it, it it allows for all of this to come mm. in. So if you are relating with someone and you're you're it's dead and gone, you can go. You can just move on um, and, and know that you've spent your time with that person for as long as was needed or whatever you needed to see. If you're in the growth piece, yeah. in the growth mindset. Um, and also yeah. in, you know, the pagan societies, they would have hand fasting, yes. which I really like. You yeah. know, the thought of marriage for life for me fills me with dread mm. and internal catastrophe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but hand fasting then is where you get married for a year and a day. Mm. Really? Yeah. And you recommit. And you recommit then each year or you can commit mm. for five years. You choose your and term. And in those societies, what are the trends? Do people tend to recommit to the same partner? Or did it tend to move on? That's a good question. Because that would be interesting. Yeah. If there's no, no long-term lock-in, 
do people naturally try and uh, proliferate that relationship and work on it? And because they don't feel like they're trapped by it, yeah. I, they may have to make a decision. Do I want this? And yeah, to make yeah. a decision regularly. Well, that's the, that's, that's 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 the, the beauty as well. Yeah. Where, where you really check in with yourself. Do I actually want this? Yeah. Whereas whenever we get married for life, then you don't have that choice anymore. Yeah. But you have the belief that it will last as long as it's supposed to. Yeah. Sure. So if you're both in that. So, you know, you speak about it, Niall, about wanting to, you know, whatever implode or um, when you talk about marriage you know uh, there's two there's a feminine and a masculine at play here as well there's love and freedom sure and I would say they are the you know the opposite of love is not hatred mm. um, but maybe in relating it's, it's freedom and mm. if you have love without freedom it's prison. It's mm. attachment. Mm. So I'm yeah. married to you, Dan. You cannot leave me yeah. because legislation, <laughs> our religion, everyone said everything says we have we have committed to each other. We said our vows. Yeah. How can you leave? You said to me you were committing to me. In front of me. a priest. I know. <laughs> he was and there. And my he mother. And my mother. <laughs> Look, you signed the contract. You did. You signed the contract. And likewise, if you have freedom without love, and then that's escapism. Sure. You know, you're just like, I'm Whoever, gone. Yeah, Peter Pan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so how absolutely. do you bring, how did the two fall into each other? Very good. So how do you have that love and freedom yeah. living together, masculine, feminine? So love is feminine, freedom is masculine. And you see that, right? Yeah. But men's blueprint is to check out, oh, Potential over here, potential over here. Even if you're married and uh, we, we might deny it, but your blueprint is your blueprint. Mm. Men are designed to look outwards mm. for mm. potential mating partners. They may never do it. Mm. It's like this, you know, you can look at the menu, whatever. And if you are attached, if I am love and I'm attached, you know, to you, um, you have no freedom to do this. Um, you're going to feel imprisoned and eventually it all just crumbles in on each other and it's horrible because you can't keep your eyes off other women and that's the you're to blame but that's your blueprint you give me very strong eye contact yeah. when you're saying that now I'm getting a little bit nervous <laughs> that's your blueprint yeah. is to do that to and see where can I sow my seed yes and yeah. <laughs> no 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 I, I, I fully agree that that's like part of us and also just yeah. the other aspect of the masculine then whenever you're talking about freedom um, as as masculine identified being mm. like consciousness is is all you know it's the mm. ultimate sense of freedom within self so that's how I express that in the world as yeah. well. So I'm always trying to tick boxes. I'm always trying to get the, to the end of shit so I can like stop, you know. So as masculine beings, then we show up in the world from that, as you say, blueprint mm. of like looking for freedom. I'm always trying to look for, I'm always trying to get things done, finished. And um, to get to that state of space. You know? mm. And for women, then it's about connection. It's about, or sorry, the feminine is more about Love. Connection and love and always wanting more love. Mm. So if, if a feminine identified being is complaining, it's because she wants more. She wants more love. She wants to be filled up more, you know. Mm. And I like this idea, you know, we can, for a feminine identified being, I can do something for her one day. The next day she want more. And I'm like, fuck, I just did that thing for you yesterday. <laughs> but there's always that want of more love. So the masculine is always looking for freedom. 
and the feminine is always looking mm-hmm. for more love. And I love that as a as a framework as well, because then I get to understand like my female friends or feminine mm. partner and so on, that she's just looking for more love and I'm just looking for more space. I'm just tra- always trying to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And she's always trying to get more out of me. Can I challenge yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Go okay. for it. Okay, so, um, you know... This is not my teachings, by no. the way. <laughs> but I, I, have, I have a view on, um, you know, the looking for more love. Um, and again, what does that reflect in me? So what's well, my uh, yeah. responsibility here? Um, and and what am I projecting out? So that's the first piece. That's always, you know. Can I to, clarify that yeah, a little bit? Yeah, like the did, looking yeah, for yeah. love implies that it's not inside, yeah. but it's like being more love, experiencing more love, but yeah. it's already there. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily looking outwards for yeah. love. Is that? It, it does. Yeah, okay. it, it, it does clarify it. But if you're in a situation where she's looking for more love and he's looking for more freedom, mm. then there's something toxic or something wounded in there in somebody because, okay. um, yes, you were always looking for freedom. Yes, she's always looking for love. And, and that's the energy. But we both, we all have both. Well, yeah, exactly. So well, this is the masculine and the feminine. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm talking about, so, so this is the problem. We've just done this thing where it's like he's always looking for mm-hmm. and she's yeah. always looking for. The masculine is always looking for freedom mm. and the feminine is always looking for more love. For more so, love. That's a re- yeah. so that's a clear example yeah. where you're like, uh-uh, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. Because I genderized these two mm. energies. It is exactly it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Can I yeah. offer can I offer my thoughts? I have yeah. so many, so many Are things I want to say over the last 15, 20 minutes. I appreciate the challenge, no, by the way. No, no and it's because it leads yeah. perfectly into what I was I was mm. I was uh, working through my head while you were speaking. Um, which links into what we spoke about in terms of initiation. And you've both spoken a lot about marriage and relationships here, so I'm gonna keep it on that basis. When two people are in a relationship with each other. I think uh, we'll all accept that unless you are very aware and working on yourself, mm. it's going to be a very turbulent relationship because yeah. you're going to be looking for uh, in, in inadequacies or in, insufficiencies in your own self, sense of self in the other person it becomes more of a codependency than anything else. So what we discussed the last day, Noel, was a sense of a man uh, let me clarify why I'm going to use this language because we're, we're just acknowledging now to keep it really simple that men for the most part live in their masculine okay. for the yeah. most part Yeah. so I'm going to use the language men okay I'll mm-hmm. buy into that okay yeah. we're happy, we happy enough <laughs> just, to, just to make it easy for, so for me <laughs> just to make it easy for me so and, and I, I do subscribe to that model for the most part but it's not for everybody there are, there are a, a men who live a lot more in their feminine and women who live a lot more in masculine. And rightly so. Yeah. And there's probably some people who know me listening to this now and they're like, oh, he's going, he's, he's just being, he's bending down to the language. I'm not, I genuinely believe this. I know plenty of men mm. who express more feminine energy and need more, fe- need, need a different approach. But the majority of men, myself included, need a specific approach. Mm. And it's to do with this masculine energy that I'm now learning about. So now I have words to put on it. But I've always believed this. So it's, it's, I'm not changing my beliefs or anything at all here. So if I, as a man, haven't had my initiation, my understanding, my education, my space to grow, my mm. self-analysis, um, awareness, and I'm not entirely comfortable as a man, I'm not going to be fully embodying that in a relationship with my partner. Um based on the language we're using, who is a woman who lives in her feminine. She je- definitely does a lot of feminine energy. Mm. Our relationship improves every time we understand ourselves more. Mm. 
it helps us understand each other more. So mm. through my journey over the last three or four years, it helps Jill understand me more mm. because I'm now embodying more of sure. my own masculine energy. Mm. So a lot of the issues that I see nowadays are this lack of understanding from the man or the masculine of the masculine or the feminine mm. of the feminine and it ends up being this arbitrary argument about the dishwasher or some bullshit. So from a feminine point of view, this idea of initiation, you spoke beautifully earlier on about um, the cycle of life and death and embracing mm. that and embracing the feminine energy and what it means and, and being in it and living in it and like letting it flow through you. I used to read, I still do, used to read a lot of um, fantasy books mm. and this language was so powerful because whatever way, most of the writers were men actually, which is funny, but whatever way they were writing, they were able to express really well these uh, concepts of feminine energy and masculine mm. energy and it was celebrated. Mm. And I think I spoke to you last time, Niall, a lot of these stories I would read, there was always a ceremony of sorts for the young boys to mm. become men and there was a day or a time when the young girls would go to the women and mm. learn about how to embrace this. It wasn't a conversation. I think we did have this conversation about hush, hush about your period and your menstruation and all that. Oh my mm. God. That's a, it was like, this is a, amazing. It's a celebration of your energy and all that. So nowadays, bringing it back to this, uh, the, the marriage piece and why it's difficult for people and we celebrate arbitrary um, longevity instead mm. of actual connection. Could you speak to a, a little bit about that um, that uh, embracing and acceptance of the feminine energy for younger, mm. I'll use the word again, girls mm. who, who don't have this? Because we spoke about the, the, the male part a lot the last day and I sure. feel like I didn't understand yeah. the female side yeah. or the, the, the feminine side of this. Could you speak to what that could potentially look like? How... If there's if there's listeners listening now and like I've realized I didn't have it in my masculine energy as a, as a younger person, I'm trying to figure it out now. I'm sure there's plenty of of, of my female feminine friends who are like, what, what does that actually look like to yeah. celebrate that energy yeah. and to not be celebrated for being a super successful career woman, which is. If you want to do that, celebrate it too. Go yeah. for it. Like that's great yeah. too. Sure. But it yeah. shouldn't identify you. And my thoughts, my inklings, I have a an inkling here that. If a lot more um, women were allowed to celebrate or shown how to celebrate the other elements of being a woman, because nowadays it's almost suppressed because you're letting the team down if you want to stay at home mm. or have a family or yeah. not do the thing that we're telling you makes you successful. Um, what does that look like for the feminine, yeah. that that initiation part that allows you to celebrate what it is to, to, to live in the mm. feminine? What does that look like? Because mm. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Um so I suppose initially it was centered around the first bleed. Yeah. So the monarchy or monarch or whatever way people pronounce it. Um, it's, it's around that first bleed and that arrival into womanhood. Um, so once you bleed, you now have the potential for life inside you. So you now have the potential to become a mother. You might be 12, you might be nine, you might be 14. I was 14. And my experience with my first bleed was I kind of knew I took the day off school. I stayed in bed. I got up at some stage and I had a blood stain on the back of my nitrous. My mother went, oh, you got your first period. <laughs> here's your here's the products. Off you go. So there's no. Um, and actually, it was almost 
a shaming of this stain um, and a stain is what you could call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, was so it was it was hushed up and never had the conversation around. Now you could potentially bear a child. You are entering womanhood. Your breasts are starting to develop. Your body is changing. Your your space in the world is changing now because you're not a girl anymore. You're a woman, and I was fourteen. Um, and if that was a celebration, so if you had a gathering of women of all ages, elders, um, women who are still bleeding, um, those in menopause, um, younger girls, and it became a celebration of your arrival into womanhood, it's a different experience. So now you understand why this, why you bleed because it's completely unnatural, right? And it frightens a lot of people that you can bleed mm. and maybe not die um, in one sense. Um, so a celebration of that and an opening up of that. So um, making the stains normal, making the experience normal. You know, often going, you go into a women's toilet and you hear someone opening their period product so loud and he's like going, it's grand, I know what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just about opening up from the shame. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what it is. You know, your your dad wouldn't be told or your brothers sure, would definitely yeah. not be told yeah, yeah. what was going on. Yet here you are arriving into womanhood and it's not it's been celebrated. A, yeah, it's yeah, not even been normalized. Yeah, yeah. And a shameful way. And this is hard. This is just something you have to put up with mm. in your life. Yeah. And this is the life of the woman. And, um, you know, you're just going to have this now for the next 30, 40 years and you get used to it. You live with it and you just you don't complain. Um, you may have pain um, and that's normal. By the way, that's not normal. Um, but you're going to go to school which is completely unnatural to do when you're in the first couple of days of your bleed, when all you have no energy, all your hormones are literally drained out of your body. Your energy is drained. It's a time in a woman's cycle where you are completely in tune with nature, in tune with the, the mm. universe. We don't allow ourselves that time to sit in it. And the red tent that was part mm. of that was part of that, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So, like in ancient times or in the villages, you know, before light and before Wi-Fi and before Instagram and Netflix, whatever, um, whatever it is, um, women gathered together. Um, so because of the lack of light and living by the moon and living by the um, the natural light, they would sync their cycles. And you'd actually hear women talk about that syncing cycles yeah. um, when they're around women, other women. Um, they would go to the red tent um, and in that tent. So the men of the village would take responsibility for the children and the jobs and whatever chores had to be done for those few days where the women were bleeding. Um, and in that tent, women would just look after each other, you know, um, rest and sleep and um, massage each other or whatever it, it entailed um, to honour those first few days of, of your bleed. Um, and that ceremony is mm. the cycle of life, mm. you know, the, the life and death we spoke about mm. earlier. And, and it's honoring that. So if we honored that, if we thought, if we opened up about it, um, de-shamed 
blood and stains and smells and, you know, experiences you have with period, uh, your period blood, um, that's the initiation. Mm. That's the coming into your own authority, Mm. your own sovereignty, your own agency as a woman and owning who you are. And that power comes, is womb deep because that obviously that's where it happens physically. But when you when you can tune into that power within yourself, that's where it, that, that that's your initiation, your initiation mm. into womanhood. And, you know, your next initiation is it could be into motherhood or whatever it is. But it's um, there's also, you know, you might hear the maiden mother crone or mm-hmm. wise woman. Um, that's that cycle. You know, you go from the maiden, the young girl into the mother, potentially the mother. Um, it's probably like probably do with a name in between maiden mother um, where you are not yet, you know, what maybe we consider an adult in, in society today, which is legally 18, but really should it be 30? Probably should. <laughs> I don't think we ever get to adulthood. Yeah. No, I, still don't, I still don't think I deserve the no, title. Yeah. Absolutely not. And we don't. Um, so it, that that is the initiation. That's where it starts. And, and that's where it continues every cycle. And um, so every cycle is an initiation mm, into yeah. this. Yeah. There's also there's a beautiful there's a beautiful parable that I heard around this and it said like until women are able to put pour their blood on the land, mm. men will still keep shedding blood they with will. each other. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine a world today where you might just turn that mic just towards mm. you a little bit more so we can hear your yeah. your your voice? Um could you imagine a world today where this experience was what women went through mm. and it was celebrated by men and women, mm. by everybody. This was celebrated and men, the, the feelings that myself and yourself have both expressed about this need for initiation and challenge mm. to mm. show us who we are and to point, because we love to be pointed in the direction to find out and we work all day long. We'll apply yeah. that energy in a really positive manner. Could you imagine a world where we had, we still had that without, mm. because a lot of people say we should go back to when we did these things. We had loads of problems back then. Or yeah. Other types of problems. Yeah, there was. Could you imagine in the world we live in today, if we could re um, reintegrate these types of, I don't mean we have to have a red tent and everything like that, but a celebration yeah. of becoming more, more masculine, more feminine, becoming more of the person, evolving into the person. As opposed to, because there's a lot of um, younger women now, clients of mine as well come in on their podcast, they speak openly about um, female health and Mm. contraceptives and the damage it's doing to people's Mm. bodies and trying to educate and understand. And you use two words there and one of the words used was normalize. So they're normalizing Mm. it, but Mm. we're still not celebrating it. And it's a celebration, I feel, would help a lot of younger women really live the way they want to live. Mm. Um, yeah. And as a result, younger men in our own way, because we have our own problems mm. too, mm. we could then engage more with that and understand mm. more about our own masculinity because we're mm. seeing the, f- mm. the, the female yeah. and we understand our own femininity. Yeah. And, and it, I, th- mm. I just think it would, it would negate a lot of these arbitrary arguments we're having now at the moment. Yeah. And then we could actually deal with the real problems like the Harvey Weinsteins and people like that who are, who are, who are mm. the embodiment of the problem. Exactly. Um, we could deal with that together as opposed yeah. to dividing. And again, you, you mentioned this before. We had a great conversation before we turned the, the podcast <laughs> on. We won't, we won't go down that rabbit hole. But a lot of this is 
if it's not entirely by design, which it could potentially be, it's proliferated and it's encouraged yeah. because it keeps us from actually solving these problems and becoming yeah. communities again. We're now individuals mm. and individuals are easy to segment and divide and sell to yeah. and industrialize and I mean some people are like oh here he goes again he's off on one of his rants but I, I believe this I do I believe do, this yeah. and yeah. Um, that's why I think what, what you've described there if someone listening and I know what you described about the, the male initiation as well it, I think it's so powerful I craved it yeah. and now I'm, I'm 34 and I'm just starting to try and figure it out mm. and for me it's sad in a way because God, did I live all that time like really yeah. distracted by I, sure. all the stuff that made me unhappy was completely irrelevant. Yeah. It was out, external, outside, um, and I still suffer with it as yeah. well. I'm still trying to shed the, the 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 trauma and the baggage of all that. That's a that's a lifelong journey. Yeah, and and, and that's the that's the joy of life. And mm. you know, it, it's like you were you can't avoid challenge in life. You can't avoid pain. You can't avoid uh, failure, whatever it is, you can't avoid joy. You can't avoid any of it. It's yeah. all in life. So it's just how you go about it's, it's it. It's how you interpret yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, perspective is a word it people is. use a lot. But this is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Perspective. This thing happens. Mm. A, a woman has her first bleed. A girl has her bleed. It happens. But it's the perspective we yeah. put on that for everybody, for the for the person herself, for exactly. the, the family, for the community, for everybody. It's mm. the perspective on that thing. Mm. People live, people die. Wars happen. Blah 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 blah. That's why giving out about the systems isn't. Yeah. entirely the solution I don't it isn't think. no it isn't and you brought up um, Weinstein there um, you know if we talk about the Me Too movement you know yeah. uh, and, and other kind of worms you know I could probably safely say every woman in my life has had a Me Too moment mm. um, you know only only recently I have a, a young niece and um, she was afraid to walk home in the dark around, which she never would have been and I said what's going on and she said, um, it was around the time Ashley Murphy mm. um, was murdered. Um, and that had impacted her in that way. Um, and, and also we had another conversation where she was walking down the street in her school uniform, um, clearly a girl, and a van load of men rolled down the window and started shouting out at her. And she was walking, she was walking ahead of her friends, say, and then the van pulled in. And as a result, but, but that's reality mm. that every woman and if you were told, <laughs> you know, men are predators and I, I really don't mean that in a, you know, in an accusatory way or whatever, but um, this is going to happen to you at some stage in your life as a woman um, and you don't hide it, don't fear speaking up about it for, you know, shame or being um, ostracized or, or whatever it is. You know, if if in that initiation, I said, OK, this is the reality of life as a woman in this yes. world and you will be preyed upon and, and this will happen to you um, to whatever degree. You can you can protect yourself somewhat. And um, is that right? No, it's not. The world should be safe, but the reality is that's not the case. And um, so now you have the awareness, you can protect yourself so you can lean on your, um, on the sisterhood um, or other women to keep yourself safe um, in this world or call it out when it happens. But of course, if if women are just doing that, it just it's a war, men be women. It, it also requires, you know, 
meant to do that but uh, yeah. yeah can I ask your opinion because yeah. we, we discussed this I know before as well and we were this is part of the omission we had was not having a female voice here mm. as well on this can I, I want to ask your opinion on this because uh, I, I think about this a lot I've gotten quite not obsessed but I thought about it a lot before in the run up to our conversation because it was quite close to our conversation that, that poor Ashton uh, yes, was murdered yeah. Um, the message that we as men seem to be receiving mm. which I think there's two problems with that we're misinterpreting it but also it's the message is misunderstood by a huge amount of women is that we need to remove the dangerous elements of masculinity from our men and re-educate them about how to be with women. And I think there's a there's a truth in there. Mm. But I think the, the men who do this are not healthy men embodying the masculine, if I'm, I'm going to use the language that we've been using so far. Mm. These are not healthy masculine men. A masculine man to me is somebody who has the capacity to be a murderer, to kill, to to, to do all these things because he's strong and powerful, but knows how to um, use that to potentially protect vulnerable people, to support his community, mm-hmm. to support his other men and other mm-hmm. women, to, to stop a, a van full of other men pulling up and intimidating somebody who's clear. I'm not saying women are vulnerable, but a woman by herself is vulnerable to a, ma- a van full of men. That's just a fact. People don't like hearing that. Mm-hmm. This is a fact of life. Yeah, it is. So a, a, a strong man, a masculine man, wouldn't allow that to happen. And I, I believe that in o- older communities where you had smaller communities, we spoke about this Dunbar's number idea, if a, if a, a man or a group of men did that, they'd be ostracized. Mm-hmm. This doesn't serve the community. Mm-hmm. You preying on our women is not healthy. Mm-hmm. This is, we, this is, it's not about protecting weak people. You're preying on our community. These are people in our community. So it wouldn't be tolerated, yeah. but it is tolerated now. That message gets uh, really convoluted. Mm-hmm. So it comes across as men are bad. Be less manly. masculinity is toxic I'm like this is not the problem these are sick unhealthy men which is a problem so I'm not saying Mm -hmm. there's no problem and I'm saying the problem is with these men but we need to understand masculinity Mm. and that's what we need to address here teach these men how to be men it's not teach these men how to be polite and respectful and meek it's teach them how to be men yeah. And what that actually means mm-hmm. and anybody who preys on a I, I, I think I mentioned this story before a guy in a club approaches a girl and is rejected but it's her problem yeah. oh, fuck you anyway you're walking yeah. around dressed like that or, yeah. he's completely insecure obviously that's an issue with his own sense of masculinity mm-hmm. otherwise you wouldn't do that if you were yeah. comfortable in yourself and, and, and if somebody you approached said no you'd be like oh okay yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't hit you so hard in your sense of identity and masculinity or femininity that you'd have to like it's your problem. It's your fault. Yeah. But I, I feel like that is a a nuance in the conversation that's not discussed. And so it ends up as men need to be less dangerous. Mm-hmm. Men are too dangerous. They have to be less dangerous. And again, to go back to our good friend Jordan Peterson, <laughs> we need to teach men to embody that danger, understand it, and then control it and direct yeah. it in the right directions. Because a weak man is not a safe man. A weak man is a man who does things that are not safe. Sure. Mm-hmm. He, he's reactive. He's emotional. He's likely to prey on weaker people because yeah. he potentially he was preyed on before. Mm, exactly. There's a huge amount of ab- abusers that were abused. Yeah. Rapists that were abused. Yeah. So it's a it's a dynamic there. But yeah, so I just it wanted is. to, 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 to a, express that on, yeah. on this particular topic. It's a it's a really good um it's a really good point and there there's a lot in there. It's deep, <laughs> a lot yeah. in there. So uh, you know from from a woman's perspective, you know, 
every time something happens like Ashley Murphy or Sarah Everard or anything. Yeah. Which that, I'll, sorry, just yeah. so I can clarify, tragic. Absolutely. Tragic. The violence against women, yeah. you know, is tragic. Um, the hashtag not all men will always pop up, always. And and the thing, it, thing about it is, is we all know it's not all men. All women know it's not all men. You know, I have healthy masculine in my life. You know, I, I see it. I see it played out every day. But we don't know which ones it is. Mm. And that's the problem. Mm. So, you know, we spoke about a story before where um, a, a a woman was out celebrating a book launch and she was at a book, her book launch and she was at a celebration and um, it was all about her celebrating her wonderful creation and her success as a writer or whatever. And she got on the train to go home and she was in a carriage. And, you know, again, when you do that, most women will look for cues of safety. So you look for other women, you might look for um, certain type of men or whatever it is, you will scan that environment for cues of safety. What that means is in your body, you're dysregulated, you know, your nervous system is, is dysregulated. So you live in a world and your nervous system is dysregulated. So she gets on the train, um, looks for her cues of safety, probably sitting there with her phone in her hand and her keys in her hand and, and ready to go. Um, and there's a group of men also in the carriage, um, you know, after a few drinks, after work. Um, and you spot wedding rings. Again, these are cues of safety. And they weren't that night for her because the other people got off the carriage. She ended up in the carriage alone with this small group of men, just a few men after a few drinks. Um, and they came down to her and they said, oh, you know, why are you not smiling? Oh, you're very pretty. This kind of stuff, you know, uh, you're a good looking woman. Nothing overtly sexual or threatening. Just why are you not smiling? You know, you're, you're a good looking woman, all this. And she was threatened and she felt so strongly about that she got off the carriage the, the, at the station before her own and got a taxi home um, for her safety. Hmm. And my point about we don't know which ones was these guys were just out after work for a few drinks, probably went home to their wives or partners at home and went to sleep soundly that night thinking they had a good night out with their mm. friends when in actual fact... There was a violence of whatever level perpetrated against a woman because she did not feel safe in a carriage with you, even though you had the cues of safety, which is, you know, you you were well dressed, you were whatever uh, wedding ring on um, whatever you looked like. You were there with just your your group of uh, small group of friends, whatever it was and um, for her in that moment. Um they gave her a sense of safety and they weren't safe. Mm. safe. Mm. And that's the part of the issues that you don't know which mm. ones. So, yes, you can walk down the the dark road um, and pass 99 men and they're all, you know, they won't talk to you. They will just walk by, whatever they might say, oh, whatever it is, the interaction is or not. And the one will um, I, I guess, be violent towards you uh, in, in whatever shape or form. And that's the problem. We don't know which ones. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's not that you should have labels or stickers or anything like that, but that's the 
that's where you go out into the world. That's the state you go out into the world. That's where your nervous system is at. Mm. You're on alert mm. for what could go wrong. How do I get myself to safety? We've all heard the stories of women carrying keys or on the phone to their friends or ringing the friends to say, I'm home safe. Mm. Um, there was another piece you mentioned there about, you know, the the, the men who who do perpetrate violence um, against women and, and that toxicity. Um, again, every woman has had that experience um, of, you know, saying no to a man and he can't take rejection mm -hmm. um, in a bar or wherever it is. Um, no, I'm not interested. Um, oh, you're a slut or you're a frigid or you're whatever the name is. There will be something, mm -hmm. you know, nine times out of ten. Again, it's it's probably fine, but again, you don't know which ones, but um, we've all experienced that where you've said no to someone or a man, I'm going to use in my case, and they can't take rejection. Mm. So where in the initiation of men is the ability to take rejection um, or perceive it as rejection um, rather than just my right to cho choose? So again, go another circle on this and... Um, are the men that are saying women's right to choose their body autonomy, are they the same ones that are able to hear a no? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's so bloody yeah. complex. It's so complex. <laughs> and you actually referred to something earlier on about um, the girl who learned to cry. Yeah. And when she grew up, that's her coping mechanism. Th these men never learned how to deal with challenge or rejection, how to mm. overcome that within themselves. And this is an extension of that. So it, yeah, yeah, it it, it, again, it, it, it kind of reinforces that point. That it's just a messy, messy uh, issue. Yeah, and just and just an extension of that that I think you know is um, a man not being able to deal with rejection, but also a, a man feeling that he has the right. Yes. To yeah. to to a woman, you know, yeah. like there are many many levels to this as well, yeah. you know. And then unfortunately, yeah. it becomes a social issue because I think about the actual manifestation of this conversation mm. between men and women, and there's a refusal of men to acknowledge that mostly men do this because it's not all men. But there's also refusal among women to acknowledge that the world is just not safe. If those men approach me in a train carriage, I'd be nervous. Yes. Now, I have more ability to defend myself. Mm -hmm. But those men made a decision to do something that yeah. they, on some level, knew mm. was an aggressive maneuver. Exactly. Mm. Happily married men. And I, I am, I've been privy to this thousands of times I've never had a, a, a an unwanted sexual forced sexual advance or been made yeah. to feel like that because I'm a man it's not very common but I have seen many people that I know that are close to me men mostly yeah. with alcohol on board who are no longer able to suppress this angst and anger yeah. and torture that they have inside them that they're not acknowledging and it comes out in various ways. They want to fight each other. They want to yeah. one-up each other and it gets really aggressive. And the way they, they um, manifest that with men is like overt aggression. Mm. And it, you can see it coming out in them. This is not who you are, but mm. actually it, it's what they're dealing with on the inside. The drink yeah. is removing their social yes. barrier or their yes. social uh, control over that. The truth. Yeah, so those married men <laughs> yeah. on it, but they're probably fine guys who are not dealing mm. with some stuff 
that's deep inside and they like they would intimidate me but yeah. that's an it is an aggressive um action so we as men in the conversation refuse to acknowledge that that that's in us mm-hmm. i acknowledge it openly because again i don't I, I keep mentioning but jordan peterson has yeah. this this concept of the nazis and um, you're reflecting something in me here because really? sometimes i just detest him so much i was like it's come up so much he's like he's the ex- <laughs> he's the extreme arbiter of the yeah. points he makes and it, mm. it, I don't agree with how he makes a lot of his points yeah. but a lot of the principles he makes they're, they're, really good I can't argue with them yeah. Um, yeah. and he talks about this idea of if if we as young men were in Nazi Germany the chances are we'd end up as SS or Nazi yes. soldiers yeah. and I'm a very competitive guy I play sports I'd probably be an SS officer because yeah. that's in me it is within all of us. It is. And we're all the full colour. We're wheel. all the full colour. Yeah. So those nice married men with their rings on it, it's mm. in them. So if we refuse as men to acknowledge that, we're, we're refusing the, the, the entire conversation. Yeah. So women get really upset with that. Yeah. But if women refuse to acknowledge that this is in everybody and men have the ability to hurt you mm. and I should be allowed to walk down the dark street by myself, you absolutely should. Yeah. But you can't. You can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can't. you can't. So we should stop men from being in dark areas or more security, more police. It's like when, mm. when we can have these practical, like yeah. if you want to live in a totalitarian society yeah. where they control every movement, that's what you're asking for, for this safety. And mm. um, so we both of us refuse to acknowledge these points. And so it becomes a really base, simple argument. Men are the problem. Ah, women need to get over yeah. it. This yeah. is not the conversation. And it's the same energy that, that, perpetuates violence is the same energy that's like also needed on, on, you know in the healthy masculine you know yeah, 100% yeah. so by, it's part of us yeah so by dismissing this um, negative aspect of masculinity we're also dismissing the other mm. yeah. that energy that you know the energy of presence the energy of holding the energy of protection you know that's yeah. also yeah. very much needed in this world yeah. so, and th- so y- y- coming back to like another framework around depth descent initiation um What's Bill Plotkin? He talks oh, yeah. about in his book Nature and the Human Soul. He talks about the eight stages of being a human. Mm. So he says that basically we're in the third stage. So we haven't even got to the fourth stage, which is adulthood. And the third stage is adolescence. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, exactly. that's a long old journey. A long way to go. <laughs> right. The, the only way to go from the third stage to adulthood is through the descent. Mm. Oh wow! It's yeah. through the descent into soul. Okay, but we're all scared to go there because yeah. we are talking about we're scared to go into the death. Mm-hmm. We're scared to go into the ends. We're scared to go in yeah. to the deeper parts of ourselves, and so we we are unable to get to that state of healthy adulthood mm. because we're unwilling to go deep into ourselves and claim all that shit that we're putting out in the mm. world as abusers, as perpetrators of violence. So we just deny all that. That's not part of me. That's not that's, me. That's not yeah. me. And then so we live up we live that's up here, me. you know, and yeah. where we're unable to go through that dark, you know, that's mm. shadow work. That's yeah. we go go in there. That's the only way that we can become adults. In his framework. I just think I like that as an I like idea. that as well. Yeah. 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 Powerful. That is an interesting one. The the journey to adulthood. I'm mm. not familiar with that model, but I'm familiar with the the reparenting of yourself that, you know, we spoke about, well, the legal age of an adult is 18, but is it really, you yeah. know, emotionally, it's probably more around 28. Mm. And I think at that point, it should be, uh, rather than having conscription, <laughs> yeah. you should be 
learning how to reparent yourself. Sure. Um, you know, that detachment from your parents. Ugh. We spoke about it earlier. Yeah, yeah. They did the best they could with what they had at that time or what, what whatever they brought in in this life. Um, and acceptance of that and forgiveness of that for your sake actually initiates you into adulthood because then you can you can be the adult. You can have the adult conversations. Have you ever had a conversation with someone you're going, you're speaking to a grown-up and you're going, I'm not speaking to a grown-up, I'm speaking to their child. Mm. I feel like I'm speaking to a child here. And you can't have a conversation w with that person because you can't have a conversation adult to child without it being... Mm. Sometimes I see it myself. I I'm see it in myself. Yeah. I'm usually afterwards when I'm by myself. I do. I when, when you're doing that settling <laughs> of the, the sediment, you go, oh, I yeah. see that in myself now. But that's yeah. where you learn it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's painful, yeah, but it's, it it's learning. Yeah. It is, but the freedom on the other side. is amazing. Yeah, mm. because then the next time it happens, you see it sooner. You have more awareness and more awareness and more. And eventually you go, I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's liberating. Am I an adult? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're only in stage four, Pat. You're only getting yeah. into stage four. There's eight of these to go. Yeah. Um, I've already failed at keeping us under an hour. We're two hours and 20 minutes here in already. Oh, really? Okay. So what I would like to do is not just wrap this up, but give you both the opportunity to something that I have cover that you'd like to discuss uh, while we're here while we have this forum while we're in the flow in our feminine I suppose <laughs> um, it's over to you I think it's going back to the patriarchy piece and the co-creation that we spoke mm. at two hours and 20 minutes ago <laughs> um, if we can remember back that far is that you know the patriarchy capitalism productivity, slave labor, whatever it means for anyone, we are all co-creating it. And as soon as we can own up to that, that's right. when we can do something about it. Good. This isn't a male issue. It's, it isn't a male v. female, female v. male, whatever it is. It, it, it's not us against each other. It's us together that's going to do anything about this. Are we going to pull down the systems? Are governments going to overnight become honest? Are politicians going to become leaders? No, they're not. You know, that that has since the beginning of time, that has been the case. But it's how we live in our communities and in our families and, and in our relationships that changes it slowly and it ripples out. So the, the patriarchy and, and all of those um, systems of suppression are exactly that. They are systems of whatever. If, if you're looking for something to blame for something in your life, it's there. We've said it throughout the two hours. It, the evidence of it will be there. So it's only in naming it and co-creating something different that we will we will move beyond it. Um, for women, particularly, um, naming our co-creation in it is also really important. Yes, the system doesn't serve us. Um, we are we are somewhat oppressed and somewhat submissive. Um, so that would suggest that we are being submissive in the system. Um, so we have to we have to own that. And only when you come back to your personal power and your personal responsibility can you actually own that. And, you know, we've, we've spoken about the feminine and the, you know, the war on women. And we could go on about that all day. We could go on about, you know, the laws in the US um, changing. 
all of that is always going to happen. Um, but it's the it's the personal autonomy and control and power that we we derive how we can um, survive and thrive in in a society like that. Um, and that's not our fault, but it is our responsibility. Um, and and for women in particular, you know, we 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 deny ourselves as well as 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 being um, in a system that doesn't serve us, but. If you can, you know, if you can, if you can look at your what you want from your life, you know, I've been on that journey. Am I finished? I'm definitely not. It's it's a lifetime journey and it's a lifetime learning. That's what we're here for. Um, we're not here to um, accumulate assets and to make money and to be successful in whatever society determines success is at the time. But as women, um, if we can tune into our own authentic power, our sovereignty, our sexuality and own it, then that challenges, you know, in, in, in spiritual world, we'd say this is a time for the feminine and, and it is and um, the feminine is rising it will challenge the masculine to also rise with us. Mm. And, and that's external and it's also internal mm. within us. So we own our own masculine as well and not the, the toxic masculine that perpetrates violence on ourselves as women. So that's the toxic masculine sure. that drinks too much yes. or that, uh, you know, numbs out in front of the TV or whatever and, and, and start living, uh, you know, an, an authentic and a, a juicy life. Mm. Um, you know, that's full of pleasure and full of joy and full of pain that you can you can live with it. You'll actually maybe even grow from it. And, and, and that's where that's where I think the key to all of this is, you know, you can be a, a, you can be an unfuckwithable woman. And still be feminine. Mm, totally. <laughs> yeah. Very well put, yeah. And I like how you said that it's time for the feminine to rise and the masculine to rise with it as opposed yeah. to let's put the masculine back down. Yeah. Well, I have I have a story just mm. I wanted in relation to that, like having been in a relationship for like just over a year, a year and a bit. When I first like what what you've also talked about as well, a lot of like how I show up in relationship is just wounds from my own childhood and my relationship with my mother. And she challenged me a lot in that relationship. And I kept going into little boy of like, fuck, I'm so shit. I'm shit at relationship. I'm just shit, 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 shit. Like collapsing. John Minan would talk about collapsing, the, the masculine collapsing. But at some point a little voice came to me that was like, when those criticisms and judgments came, you're only making me stronger. Mm. And she was challenging me to be a bigger man. She was challenging my consciousness. The, her feminine was calling my consciousness into more consciousness. So in relation mm. to your bigger picture, this is what's happening. The feminine is rising. And she is calling and she is challenging and she is saying mm. no more. And I think we're in a very privileged time if we can really see what's going on. So I, I fully agree with what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. We've never had the time and space and resource available no. to us. No, you know, our, our parents and our grandparents and before them, before them, they just survived. Sure. We can thrive. Sure. 
And that's the difference between this generation and any anything that came before. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Th- thank you both so much for, for the conversation, but mm. for those finishing, those closing pieces as well. And just to echo that, what you've just said there was what, what I was about to say. We, we're so lucky mm. that now we can start to give ourselves, because we spoke about giving ourselves space and understanding each other. Like our parents didn't have it the opportunity no. their parents parents definitely didn't they were literally trying to put food on the table yeah. we have as toxic and as dangerous as all of these tools are the internet and social media it, they give us resources that we could potentially leverage yeah. to to bring each other closer together to learn more about ourselves we've access to all the information we need we would never have heard of Jordan Peterson we would never have heard of Jordan Peterson who've heard of 19 times in this podcast alone um, we, would be, we wouldn't have access to these yeah. ideas. They can be dangerous, but with the awareness that we've all spoken about here today, these can be used as really, really powerful tools and mechanisms to, to make to make the the human experience mm. even better. I don't like using the word happiness richer. and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> make it richer. Yeah, yeah. And with the real word, rich richness inside yourself mm-hmm. and a connection with yourself. So yeah, I, I agree with what you've both said there and this is a, a great time to do it. And like I said, I'm so lucky to be able to sit here with people mm. like yourselves. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have come across you Same. except for this journey that I'm on in, mm. in, 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 into myself. Yeah. And through this, I've, I've met, first of all, you Niall and now you Nicola yeah. and my, my experience mm-hmm. has just Same. become richer. So <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how this works. Mm. And for anybody who's listening who might think everything we spoke about is, is it kind of a bit wishy-washy, very fairy, it's literally happening in front of my eyes here now. This is my world. It's becoming richer for me. More, mm. There's more, it feels like every time I have these conversations with people like you, there's more colour, yeah. more definition mm. in how I view the world. There's more substance yeah. um, because I'm learning more about myself and now about obviously the feminine and mm. about the masculine and about how we all interact with each other and what we could potentially do and your experience is different to my experience, it's different to your experience. But all of that is my advantage because I've listened to you, I've conversed with you and I've learned. So mm. from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for it. Let me see. We are uh, two hours and 31 minutes <laughs> of beautiful conversation. But we did say not three hours. So wow. <laughs> we, we did say not three hours. The, the masculine direction and container hauling is spot on. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. Um, no, I'll actually both give you the opportunity because I know you said the last time if somebody would like to reach out yeah. and have a discussion with you or I know you both offer your own version of services as well so mm. is that is that something that potentially people could reach out to you Nicola and, and, and if they wanted to learn more about I mean you do a lot of sex and intimacy training and yeah. stuff like that as well is, yeah. is that a possibility? Where can they find it you? It is, yeah where can you find me? Um, I have a I have a light social media footprint, just Instagram. I was just say, a light above your house. <laughs> you turn it on and people can come and see you. Just Instagram. Um, I'm Nicola Barry, sex coach. Nicola Barry, sex coach on Instagram. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Um, and no. Uh, well, I do mentorship, ongoing mentorship. So individual sessions with people. I'll also be doing a men's container from September for 10 weeks. So that's kind of my my autumn. Brilliant autumn things bringing men together and just dealing with different aspects of masculinity and um, opening, opening to deepen men into that sense of core in themselves and um, my website is nilegraham.ie so all the information will be up there with your majestic picture on the, on the front page yes. yeah <laughs> and you're, you're not on TikTok doing TikTok dances or anything like that no? not as yet not yet <laughs> lovely <laughs> Now, Nicola, thank you so much. Thank really you so appreciate much. your time this morning. Thank really you. appreciate the beautiful pastries that you, you brought, Nicola. <laughs> well, um, and I can almost guarantee you we're going we're gonna to do this again because there's, yeah. I, I, we didn't even, I've loads of things on my list here we didn't even go into, but I, I feel that was a really deep and full conversation. So. It was. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Thank you. 
Folks, these are the types of podcasts that I really enjoy because they give me space to explore concepts that I'm familiar with and I do have opinions on, but that I don't generally have a lot of time to really consider or drill down or to have people like Niall and Nicola who are so experienced in this world to give me some feedback and context for the thoughts that I'm having. So once again, thank you so much to Niall and Nicola for that episode. Remember, like I said at the start, Niall and Nicola are collaborating to hold a fantastic course, a six-week online course called An Introduction to Conscious Relating, Cultivating Joy and Presence in Relationship. And this will introduce you to the concepts of masculine and feminine polarity in relationships. And again, they are holding a free Zoom call introduction on September 12th between 7 and 8.30. And if you're interested, you can get in contact with Nicola at Love and Intimacy Coach on Instagram and with Niall at his website nilgraham.ie and all of the information that you need will be in the show notes attached wherever you're listening to this podcast so get in touch with the guys if you are interested and if you've listened to this podcast you know that they know what they're talking about and they can probably help you explore a lot more about your own sense of self and the masculine and feminine like we discussed in this episode. Guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, your support is really, really appreciated. If you haven't already, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, please do jump on. Both services have a way that you can rate the show and that rating really helps us to perform in the charts and to push this episode and other episodes out to people who might find some value in them. So if you have two seconds on Spotify, it's right below the title. There's a star rating. You can jump on and give us a star rating. And on Apple, there's a rating service there as well where you can give us a star rating and even leave a comment. So please, if you have two minutes, jump on, show your support. It means a lot. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.